When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Every day's a Saturday. Every night's a Folks, welcome to the show. One minute after 10 a.m. on a Saturday, and after four months of nearly breaking up, we finally got the band back together in studio. That is, it's been like ships of the night. My name is Daniel McCarty. Here's Grant Elliott. I can touch oh. him. I can touch him. I can invade his personal space. You were so happy to see me this morning. Was I? When I asked you, I said, um, out of 10. And you can have a look at it on social media. You can see how happy he was. He gave me a 6 out of 10, which for Daniel McCarty, I must admit, after what he calls four months of breakup, that's a pretty significant number. 6 out of 10? Normally sort of... Am I, am I that grumpy? No, well, it normally averages out about a 3 or 4 with me, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. Unless we're getting delivered some fast food at the end of our session. Hello, Joe. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> Love that man from BK. 0800-150-811. That is our number. You can text us, double eight double three. Because Grant and I have been uh, ships in the night, we just haven't been together. We haven't been able to speak to our beautiful audience. We love our audience. We We've cleared the deck, so to speak, Grant, on this wonderful day, this big day, significant day. We'll get to that in just a moment. Um, we want to talk to you about sport. Our number is 0800-150-811. The lines are open. Go on, join us. Uh, anything is up for grabs, Grant Elliott. And I need to tell you something. What? Because I was, uh, I was in one of those mobile phone shops, you know, where you get those covers on yeah. your phone? And you never know what to get. It's like, geez, there's so many phones out there. And I, I walked in and the guy went, I know who you are. And I went, uh, no, I no, think you don't. might be mistaken. No, no, you don't really know who I am. No, no, I cover that up pretty well, don't I? And he goes, uh, yep, yeah, cricketer, aren't you? And I went, uh, yeah, used to be, you know, washed up now. And he goes, oh, listen to your radio show. I'm like, oh, okay. What was his name? His name was Barry. Barry from Melbourne. And I, No, 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 not from Melbourne. No, Barry from Wellington. Oh, sorry. So I said Coming to... Coming um, from Melbourne. I don't know why I thought Melbourne. So I said to Barry... I said to him, I said, uh, I said, Barry, why don't you phone in? And he goes, oh, I'm too grumpy. And, you know, and I said, we need grumpy people. Yes, Barry, I want your we opinion. Love, we love he grumpy. said, I'm going to phone in. Barry, I look forward to your call. Ragavan, so do I. Speaking of Melbourne, we've got a call from Melbourne. Welcome to the show. Hey, uh, Ragavan here, Grant. How are you? Hey, Rex, how are you doing, brother? 
good, good. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I uh, just uh, saw your Insta story, and I thought, like, I'll give you a call and uh, say hello and uh, talk about uh, what do you think about the New Zealand summer and the two back-to-back thrillers we had uh, in, in dress cricket. Well, actually, before Grant answers that, I'd like to hear from you, my friend. What did you think of them? Sure, Andrew. Ah, it was. You can call me Andrew uh, if you want. I'm I'm down with that. Uh, I was I was actually uh, quite happy that uh, after the disappointment that uh, New Zealand had uh, in the early stages of uh, the World Test Championship, I was really happy that uh, Kane gave up the captaincy, and he just like been ever since he gave up the captaincy, he's been just churning runs after runs after runs. And then to have such back-to-back thrillers was just phenomenal for, I, I felt it was phenomenal for the game and phenomenal for the crowd. And um, to do that in front of uh, the uh, cricket crazy people in Wellington and Christchurch, it just was magnificent. I wish I was there when I was like sitting here yes. in, 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 in Australia and uh, watching it. It was, it was just phenomenal. Um, I was, uh, to be honest, I was very disappointed with uh, the performance of our uh, of our Black Caps team after uh, the highs of the World Test Championship win. But um, the way we finished, the way the team finished, was it was just phenomenal. I, I loved it. Hey, Brilliant to hear, Raghavan. It's so good to hear from you, and also from uh, one of my favourite cities, Melbourne. Uh, but you know, I think one thing you've touched on and you've absolutely nailed it is Kane Williamson. And it's amazing. Ooh, Joe, yes. Joe Root gave up the captaincy. Virat Kohli gave up the captaincy. And Kane Williamson gave up the captaincy. Those are three players that, I mean, we're so fortunate to watch in this, this decade. Can I be Daniel Downer? Yeah. How do you both feel about him limping out what looks like a potentially bad knee injury in the opening game of the IPL? Yeah. I mean, oh, I don't know if you saw that, Raghavan. But, yeah, injury to Kane Williamson. Don't, don't fall off the couch, Rags. Don't fall off the couch. I know I'm breaking bad news to you. <laughs> Is there a more important no, one-day player in New Zealand cricket? Because it is a World Cup. Yeah, I'm looking now through the lens of a cricket World Cup. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually. I'm to be honest with you, I am look. I am looking forward to photograph the cricket World Cup. I will be going down to India. I will be. I will be like um, very keen about that. But like, yeah, it. It, it was like uh, the way he grimaced. I I I, I was like, oh no. And immediately they uh, used the uh, impact sub rule and they um, switched him for Sai Sudarshan. I was under the impression that the impact sub rule in IPL would be like uh, a pure batter versus pure bowler. And they were forced mm. to do this change. That kind of like, oh, no, man, that's not right. <laughs> and like, I, I really hope that yeah. like, uh, he, he, Williamson had, had uh, his share of uh, unfortunate injuries. And this like stupid elbow problem, like really, really like made him. Uh, it, it, he was losing. It made him lose the game. But this one is like, oh come on, not again. Uh-huh. Oh well, Raghavan. Hey, thank you so much. We got the calls rolling in. We really appreciate you phoning in and uh, discussing, especially Kane Williamson, because he is such an important part to New Zealand cricket. And yeah, let, we, we'd love to hear more from you in the future. So uh, have a great day in Melbourne. Great city that is. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll speak to you again soon next Saturday, maybe. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. I love to I love to the, all the SENZ family and like uh, keep doing what you're doing. It's been fantastic. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Raghavan. Very kind of you to say. Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Plenty of talk back today. Grant and I are finally in a studio together. Um, we couldn't settle on our divorce. 
Uh, we couldn't come to terms, <laughs> so it's now a marriage of convenience. You can set the agenda. Uh, we'll throw in some things along the way, but if there's something top of mind you want to get to, um, now is your chance. G'day, Gary. Gary. Good morning, guys. How are you, Grant? How are you, Daniel? Yeah. We are good. We're surprisingly hey. well. It, it's not as frosty yeah. as I was expecting. Well, it's pretty great here stra- Grant's, yeah. gra- Grant's restraining <laughs> order lifted last week, and, <laughs> and he was allowed in the studio with me. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. That was a Very tough nice. time, hey, the restraining ring order and Daniel. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, I thought I'd better um, say thank you to you, Daniel, for your magnificent picks last week. I was listening in. And the way you broke down that all-whites game and how you thought it would pan out, I thought, that sounds spot on. So I, I went to the TAB, chucked a couple of bucks on it, and sure enough, you even put the, the own goal first, 2-1 final result, $8.50 at the TAB. Thank you very much. I owe you a beer. You are, you are very welcome, Gary. Eight fifty for the exact score at two goals to one. But did you get on the Oggy? Did you get on the own goal? No, I didn't. No, I should oh. have. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't that Gary. confident. I'm not much of a better to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not alone, but Gary. Yeah, no, after I... all my talk, after all my talk and the, the sporting tips you should run a mile from, I forgot to put money on it myself. Oh no. Well, you know, Gary, <laughs> oh, this no. Is... I forgot Gary <laughs> and I, I got a message actually because um I was tied up with the kids, so I, I wasn't watching the game. Then I got a message from Ben Francis going, Oh my god, all we need is a China goal here. And I, and I flicked on and I saw it was two goal. Uh, saw it was two nil with an own goal. Two minutes into stoppage time, I was like, "Hello!" And then, like sixty seconds later, China scored. So I was fist yeah. pumping, yeah. Gary, and then realised I'd forgotten to put money on it. So it was oh, like the no, scene off no, Platoon. No. I was down on my knees, arcing the back. <laughs> oh, I did a bit of the fist pumping for you when I saw it. I was watching both games, the league and the football, at the same time, and I just missed the end of the football. I thought, "Ah, it's not going to happen." But yeah, flip back over and oh, hello, they've done it. <laughs> so yeah, I thought, oh, that was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Just the way you broke that down was it was pretty much exact. Yeah, so I'll be listening in. Thank today. you very much. Gary. I want something good oh, today? Oh God, no pressure, no pressure, <laughs> yeah, mate. None at all. Yeah, yeah, none at all. all. Right, hey, I know you're a big cricket fan. I know you're a big cricket fan. Yep. Kane Williamson is he the most important one day player we have? Oh, and are you, pa- are you panicking like I am? Are you panicking uh, like I am that this could be a serious injury? <laughs> well, well, it actually could be. I mean, his his track record just of late with injuries and coming back from them, he's only just sort of found that good form again, hasn't he? And um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, luckily, I, oh, I was going to say there's a little bit of depth there. I mean, uh, Daryl Mitchell didn't come off yesterday, but. Geez, he's had a good season, and he's a he's a very confident player. So yeah, I'm liking him for the one day. As Conway, obviously, we've still got him. Um, we still lack a little bit there, and if we do lose Williamson, and you've still got Henry Nichols in the mix, okay, he did all right last night, but I'm just not confident with him. Um, it is a little bit worrying. It definitely is. Yeah, yeah, you can't deny it because he is he is the main man. There's no two ways about it. Kane Williamson. Thanks, Gary. Great to hear your voice. Yep. Keep the calls coming. Do appreciate your time and um, go with Grant's pick this week. I have a good feeling. Yep. Uh, Grant. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Hopefully I'll bring you some good luck. I think uh, what you experience is like putting $20 into the pokey and getting free spins straight away. <laughs> I fear that you might be going to the TAV again today. See you, mate. Have a great day. 0800 150 811. That is our number. Uh, you can text us on double eight double three. Morning, gents. Kane's injuring the IPL overnight, so is that his World Cup over later this year? Question mark. Well, I can answer that. It's way too early to tell.
It's way, way too, too early yeah. to tell. Yeah, uh, your thoughts? Well, we could ponder his significance uh, to this team, um, how big a blow it possibly could be. We'll do that after 11. We'll get Grant's thoughts after 11 uh, in part of our cricketing, cricketing segment, uh, spinning both ways. Swinging both ways, rather. Uh, we'll get to Cliff shortly on 0800-150811. Before that, let's get to the headlines. We're a little bit behind time because we've been greeted, greeted with calls, Grant, and it I warms it. our hearts. We haven't got to our headlines. Um, uh, Grant's childhood friend, uh, Oscar Pistorius, <laughs> his bid for parole collapsed in South Africa. After, <laughs> after, gracious me. <laughs> after it was revealed he had not yet served enough time to qualify for early release. The 36-year-old former Paralympian is serving 13 years for the murder of his girlfriend, Reva Steenkamp, in 2013. The parole board met to hear evidence, including from Pistorius and Miss uh, Steenkamp's mother, but instead of giving a decision afterwards, embarrassed officials admitted their timings had been wrong. What timing? For weeks, officials had insisted the amputee former sprinter was eligible to apply for parole, having served half his sentence. The confusion stems from the fact that Pistorius' time in prison has been broken up by appeals and by a period of house arrest. Wow. Do they not do maths in South Africa particularly well? Well, I still, that whole case, I, I, I don't really, I, I don't think that he should be paroled. No. 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 Uh, serve, your, serve your sentence. Mm. Uh, uh Black Caps, white ball captain, Kane Williamson, has been carried off the field after suffering what seemed like a serious knee injury in the Indian Premier League on debut for the um, Titans. Uh, Williamson jumped to attempt to catch on the boundary and threw the ball back into the field as he saw he was about to fall over the rope. He landed awkwardly on one leg and was immediately clutching his right knee, writhing in pain on the ground. My heart hurts. I don't know why. Mm. Why, why does my heart hurt, Grant? I don't know why. I don't know why. I've, Maybe coincidental. And Russian and Belarusian uh, players will be able to compete at Wimbledon this summer after the All England Club lifted the ban and imposed last year. The players will be able to feature this year, subject to competing as neutral athletes and complying with certain conditions. Uh, these are your latest in sports headlines to uh, 13 after 10 o'clock. 0800 150 G'day, Cliff. Thanks for holding. Hello, Cliff. Hey, good morning, lads. How's your day? Good to hear your voice, my friend. Our day is great. We are back together again. Beautiful. It's emotional. That's good. Hey, I'm just talking about the, the game yesterday. Look, I think everybody expected it wasn't going to be a great game. The, the Sri Lankans look like they've, they've not been impressed about hanging around this country since the second test. But the, the selection of this team at New Zealand, I know a lot of players are out, but I couldn't figure out why Tom Bundle came into the side and ended up batting, opening the batting. And he didn't end up doing the gloves. And I'm thinking, well, why do... The, the logical place for Blunder when that side would have been the bat at six, be the keeper. The uh, captain, Tom Latham, would have opened the batting. And Nichols would have batted at four. But it just seemed like they were having a, a go with, with everything out of place. Because, you know, to me, Blunder was not an opener in a one-day game. And... Latham has proved that he is a good opener in the one-day stuff. And I'm thinking, well, how did they get that idea of, of bringing Blunderwind for the first one-day international for New Zealand and playing him as an opener and without even doing the gloves? I'm thinking, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's a, a good question, Cliff. I think there's two things there. Uh, Tom Latham has opened before, but I would say that Tom Latham 
has been inked in to bat at number five um, in the new uh, or, or in the upcoming World Cup in India. You don't move him, do you? No, you don't move him. Great player of spin. Um, he's solid there. He resurrects the innings well. Um, Henry Nichols is the one I would question mark. He, he opened in the he World, opened Cup, World, World Cup, Cup final. final. They pushed him up to opening. He had about 20 innings where he opened with uh, Gupto and then suddenly found himself um, you know, put out to pastures. And now he's back in again, but in the middle order. So you, I would actually just swap him out because I don't see the point, as you're saying, for Blundell to open unless that's an option. I do think that in the one-day game, that one opening spot is still, there's a big question mark over Finn Allen. I'd say Devin Conway's in there. He's the one that, uh, you know, the incumbent and will play, but obviously in the IPL. Um, so who's his partner going to be? So maybe they were trying it out uh, for Blundell, but um, I agree with you. It was yeah. a little bit strange. Blundell has opened for Wellington this Yep, he has opened. The one-day competition. Yep. Not with a whole heap of success. No, he's more a- Averaging of a low 20, strike rate yeah. around 90. Yeah, and he's more... But he, he was so good in the test... He was arguably our best player. Speak, you know, commentating with the talk sport crew as I did, the likes of Steve Harmison calling him our best batsman mm. in the test arena. Are you there, Laz? Yeah, go yeah. ahead, Cliff. We yeah, might have just sorry, cut out. Sorry. I apologise. I just, I just have a, I just can't figure out why you would bring uh, Blunder into the side and bat him as an opener. That really just doesn't. Sit. The guy, like you just mentioned, the guy was the second best at least batsman in the test series batting at number six and suddenly he's put into this a team as an opener and a one day side and I'm thinking well why are you doing this to me if he's not going to be it's almost like they're picking him because they know that they're not going to play him ever there really once everyone's back he's probably not even going to be in the squad and I'd I'd like him in the squad but I'd rather see him bat at six and I'd rather see if we if we're going to go into a one-day World Cup where we want to make good scores, just as Tim, as this Allen, he looks like a 2020 player to me. You know, he, he's, he can go and play a few shots, but to me, in a 50-over game, he doesn't know when to, what ball to pick. He gets bowled off at edge, inside or outside edge, and he doesn't look the guy there. To me, they, look, they want to look for two decent openers. Now, to me, Martin Guptill... Is still the best, one of the best players around in the 50 overs. Maybe the 20s is not his game anymore, but he's to me still a, a great player in the 50s. I just don't think by bringing Phil Allen in into the 50 over game, he made one score against the Australians where he got a, a plucky sort of a first innings, you know. But to me, ever since he's never really performed in the 50 over game at all. But, they, but now yeah. they're playing Blundell, and I'm, I just I just don't know where Stead goes. I go back to where Stead said a while ago that he's, his contract finishes at the end of the World Cup, and he doesn't know whether they're going to play different coaches for different things. I just don't think New Zealand cricket know where they're going in the future. And at the moment, well, I don't know if Stead, Stead does either, because he's, he's mixing. I know there's a lot of guys away. But if you want to pick guys for the right positions in these teams, put them in the spots where they should be batting. Every, every, the talk was that, you know, in the test side, that uh, the young fellow who was batting at four really didn't, shouldn't have been batting there. You know, I've just lost Nichols. You know, he yes. wasn't really a four. 
and that Jock Mitchell, who had three test hundreds in England and looked like he could play anywhere in the side, really, he should have been batting at four because they put too much pressure on Nichols replacing um, the retired man. Yeah, I've been in the side for Yeah, yeah, I hear, I hear you, Cliff, although he's just got 200 batting at number four against Sri Lanka, isn't he? Yeah. Hey, Cliff, great to hear your voice. We've got to get to the break, mate. Um, please call back another week. Awesome to have you a part of the show. Go enjoy your Saturday. Thanks a lot, Cliff. It is 19 after 10 o'clock. Uh, thanks to our callers to start things. Keep them rolling um, and set the agenda if you uh, want to get off, uh, you know, the little red ball and talk about, I don't know, some oval ball stuff like how realistic is the Warriors' sustained success? In the NRL, as he tries to get a rise out of Ben Francis. Who have they beaten, Grant Elliott? No one, really. Well, no one no one inside the top eight. So it's not how you start, no. it's how you finish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But can I, I... And the only team they've lost to, funnily enough, are in the eight. Yeah. Tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> I just I want to quickly touch on what Cliff said. Now, I think that Ratchin Ravindra could have opened instead of Tom Blundell. Tom Blundell could have been in the middle order. It's just... All it is is we're missing a lot of players and they don't want to play players out of positions that potentially they might play in the World Cup. So Ratchin Ravindra would be the obvious choice to go up. And Blundell has been open, opening but for Wellington. they might play Ratchin Ravindra batting at 7 or 8 in the World Cup because he bowls left-arm ortho, even though he hasn't even bowled. Hasn't bowled yet. In this series. So but 49 with the bat. Yeah, 49 with the bat. So it's like there's a balancing act there and there's also a balancing act of players that you don't want to give an opportunity to, people that you want to keep continuity and squad continuity. We'll get you to elaborate on that after 11 o'clock, uh, part of Swinging Both Ways, back after this break. Keep your calls coming in 0800-150-811 if you want to text us, double eight double three. 45 minutes after 10 o'clock, Saturday session you are rolling with. We roll through to 1 o'clock. Coming up later on this show, after 11, we'll be Swinging Both Ways, our cricketing segment with PGG Wrights and Turf. Uh, we're going to catch up with Dave Mearing from uh, Central Districts. Um, they've had a good week, haven't they? They won the uh, domestic uh, one-day competition. They're up for, they're up for two, though, because they, they won the domestic one-day competition, but then they've also got the Plunkett Shield, where, uh, from what I understand, if they get uh, 15, 16 points, they'll win the Plunkett Shield as well, so do the double. double. And we know it's been a pretty tough uh, year in certain parts of yeah. uh, the Central Districts. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Province. So we'll uh, catch up with their uh, high performance manager um, as part of uh, Swinging Both Ways. We're also going to click, catch up with uh, Blair Baxter, uh, two coach, fresh off winning Super Rugby All Picky. Um, I think he's accepted a role as the Chinese women's national sevens team boss. How cool is that? So we'll catch up with uh, Blair a little bit later in the show. Those interviews between 11 and 12 o'clock. But today is a very big day, isn't it, Grant Elliott? Not only are we back in studio, but um, quite a significant uh, day for you and your professional professional world isn't it i guess i guess so i mean everyone's journey is different daniel and um, day yesterday made some uh, significant decisions in my life um going forward so um resigned from my role at tommy's um so last day yesterday so the last farewell. day yesterday yeah what did they give you did they give you a goodbye gift? farewell was on thursday yeah yeah um yeah i did i got a really beautiful bag it's a bit passive aggressive isn't it <laughs> why is that pack your bags isn't it Oh, I didn't think of it like that, but maybe that was pack your bags. <laughs> it's and go. Ben, come on, it's pretty obvious, right? When you get given a Is bag it? when you're leaving a company, it's like, go, mate. You've you've added no value. Pack your oh, bags. No, that's like here's a travel bag because you're going to be travelling and you know enjoy your <laughs> really your time away. Have you got any travel lined up? Not really. No, there you go. <laughs> did, did, did they give you any cardboard boxes too, Grant? <laughs> no, I packed up my desk really early. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you never unpacked. Yeah. 
No, but it was a good, a great company, good people. But it's the ne- it's the next it's the next step that that you're most excited about, and you're you're willing to reveal to our uh, Saturday session family what, what's on the cards. Yeah, well, I mean, you've been part of it, the discussions, which is why yes. you're obviously pushing it now. Yeah, I am putting a plug in and pretending that you don't know what's coming, but you know exactly what's coming. So, um, we've been having discussions around um, the new A League team, which was going to be based in Auckland. Um, somehow was. Was going to be based... Is. Is. Sorry. Is. Going I thought you had sh- earth-shattering news to the Auckland football community there. Um, and uh, somehow I got embroiled in discussions through IPL contacts who put me in touch with owners of Mumbai Indians who um, in turn actually run Indian Super League football. And they're quite wealthy. <laughs> it's basically the yeah, upshot. $150 billion, I think. In the family. Asset, in assets. Yeah. Who are they called? What are they? What the Ambanis. The Ambanis. Um, they actually own the league rather than a Super League team. Yeah. They actually own the whole league. Yes. Wow. So, and as these IPL teams are looking to obviously spread their wings into, you know, globally or other parts of the world, um, they're looking to not only look at growing cricket, but growing football and the brand. So, um, secured investment um, of $25 million. And that will be the uh, Auckland Indians team, based um, in Auckland, um, with the home ground being good chats with uh, Nick Sortner, the national CEO stadium of Eden Park. The national, so you're going to the and national sports stadium, national sports stadium of Eden Park. Eden yes. Park, like every Aucklander will be delighted to hear that because it's clearly the best sporting facility in the country. It's easy to get to. It's got a great atmosphere. It, you never feel sort of um, overwhelmed uh, mm. by its size and scope. During the discussion, how did you how did you secure twenty five million bucks from that? Of course, they've got a few dollars and cents. It's like you? buying a coffee, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, there, there's a number of hurdles. There are like obviously an, a huge amount of hurdles. Like you know, you've got the Australian A League, and you know the fact that now looking at you know Indian um, company or family coming in to secure this team, it's sort of you know there's ring fenced around it as to where it could go because you look at the IPL so you made some now that's grown you've got you now you've got the the Mumbai Indians that own a, a team in you know Dubai the plan in yes. 10 and a, a you know potentially a Caribbean franchise so um, there were a number of requirements from them as to you know where that 25 million will go and one of them was renaming the stand as well so uh, what the yeah. northern stand will be called the Sachin Tendulkar stand now well, that makes sense, isn't it? You, you want to tap into the Indian market. There's, there's a few eyeballs in India. Well, and and they would watch, literally watch a stand with Sachin Tendulkar's name on it, wouldn't it's, they? It's all about viewers. So Sachin will be present at opening game, um, but it's about viewers. And if you're not going to tap into the Indian market, you're foolish globally. Well, you are. Yeah. You're a mug. Tap tap into Australasia's 24 million. You tap into the the fastest growing middle class in mm. the world in India. Um, they wear blue, Mumbai Indians, so of course, happy marriage. So it will be blue. So that means devastation for Ben Francis won't be the uh, the orange road cones, Ben. <laughs> You're okay with that. Um, yeah, so Auckland. Are, are you going to be involved So with the um, team? I, well, I guess that's the announcement you want me to make is I will be CEO um, and I would like you to be the manager of well, the team. Come on. Come on. Really? Well, it depends. You can either be in charge of media or management. Do I have to wear a tracksuit or a three-piece suit? Three-piece. Yeah. 
Good. Peaky Good answer. Blinders. Good answer. Cheese cutter. Yeah. Yeah, I could do that. I can do a lot of finger pointing. It, you know, get her in behind. It, round the back. Over the top. I've, I've, play it short. I've already found it. Come short. Come short. Daniel doesn't have his coaching license, though, so it's going to be a very similar situation in France with Will Still. You're going to have to pay quite a bit of yes. money every game to have him as your yeah, manager. Tw- I think He's it's a manager. 20, I think He's it's twenty thousand euros a game because I don't have my badges. You can be director of coaching. We, okay, we'll work it out. Yeah, we'll work it out. Um, have Have you got you any can... players lined up for the Auckland Indians? There owned is owned by the Mumbai Indians. I wasn't going to announce it in front of the Sachin Tendulkar stand. Who will be coming out on day number one? Well, I actually I sent um, Ben Francis a clip, so let's play the clip. Maybe the listeners can decide. The God. I want to give you a man hug. You've signed Zlatan. Look at your smile. You've signed him. Who have you signed? Zlatan. I can't even say his name. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> I need to get that right. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> There'll be plenty of man uggs going around <laughs> Eden signed? Park. Who, who's this? Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> okay. I couldn't say it an hour ago. Oh, I can just see it now. The God that is Zlatan Ibrahimovic walking out in front of the Sachin Tendulkar stand playing for the Auckland Indians against uh, the Wellington Phoenix in the opening game of the A-League in a couple of years. Fantastic stuff. Good luck, Grant. Thank you. Well, good, it, good luck to you, man. I'll be your I'm, boss. I'm coach. <laughs> can, 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 um, can you sack me? <laughs> I'd like to get a payout. I can't wait I, to sack Antonio Conte. Should I do an Antonio Conte? type uh, press conference. It is uh, 27 minutes away from 11 o'clock. Um, of course, uh, uh, I hope you're enjoying your morning. Uh, feel free to join us, 0800 Ben Francis is crying. Um, the Auckland Road Cones, they were a great idea for a couple of weeks, Ben. They, they were. Hey, but, um, I, unfortunately, I don't have the same context as Grant, so I couldn't source some funding for the, for the new uh, side, which is really disappointing because I think Road Cone FC, AFC would have gone down a treat. I think I, I think <laughs> yeah, I, I, to be I honest, I, I think I could have done a partnership with McLaren, but hey, yeah, brilliant. Uh, hope you enjoy that. Um, some did, others didn't. That's the joy of being April first. <laughs> uh, you need to do some work on your prank telling rights, Richie and John. Luckily, you guys did this before twelve. April Fools, boys. Cheers, John. Awesome radio. Well, there we go. We'll take that as a positive. Fifty percent, fifty percent, fifty percent to pass for what the first two texts that What do we think about Daniel McCarty being the manager? I reckon director it would make magnificent. I think, but you look at Ryan Reynolds. He's got a football team. Yeah. I would love to own a team. Why don't we do a crowd funding? Get the New Zealand public behind us to go and buy a sports or, team. Or, or is there a club team in New Zealand willing to sell themselves for one dollar, and will become CEO and general manager? I just don't want to go into club board meetings. I don't want to be on the board. I just well, that, you're the CEO. The yeah. first thing you do is cut those. <laughs> you can be CEO, chairman of the board. Okay. Uh, who is willing to sell themselves for a dollar? Is there a club out there in club land? Here's our first uh, club call out in a uh, while, and we can't wait to hear from the weekend warriors again. Uh, is there a club in New Zealand willing to sell their souls to Grant Elliott and Daniel McCarty? And we can tell your story each and every week, sort of, 
Wrexham style. What sport though? Are we looking for a specific I, sport or no, not? No, I just want commitment. I just want commitment from our club warriors, our weekend warriors. Like, if Rusty goes out in the piss on a Saturday night and gets home at 3 o'clock in the morning and doesn't turn up to training on Tuesday, he's dropped. Man up. Rusty, you need to show as much passion at training as you did on the dance floor at 2 o'clock in the morning, in my mind. Part of it. If you set a high bar in that aspect of your life, set a high bar elsewhere. That's the, that's the mantra uh, I like people to live to and I don't live myself. That's why you're my yeah. manager. Yeah, exactly. Hi- hypocrisy runs supreme under under my reign. Man in the morning, man in the evening. Ben Francis. Man in the evening, so, man in the morning. So are you telling me Auckland Indians isn't actually happening? No, of course it's not. Really? Oh, I just just got my ta- Francis. I just got my tattoo booked. I just got my Zlatan <laughs> tattoo booked in. And I was going to get him to uh, sign it and then get that tattoo on as well. Grant didn't even know his name. <laughs> I Grant, couldn't say Grant it an hour ago. I couldn't even say his name as if... As if Zlatan Ibrahimovic would have signed for a guy who could actually <laughs> tell Zlatan his own name. Uh, we will take a break. Let's get more of your calls. 24 minutes away from 11 o'clock. Back after this break. 20 minutes away from 11 o'clock. Daniel McCarty alongside new CEO of the Auckland Indians, uh, Grant Elliott. Uh, taking your calls on 0800-150-811 and text on double eight double three. Let's get to the aforementioned text messages. Uh, lines are open. Uh, it is free to call. You'll get through right away if you're interested, and we'd love to hear your voice. You can always set the agenda as far as our topics. Uh, don't be shy. We're not. As far as the temper-paired poster, text machine, range of mattresses, and adjustable bases adapt to your exact body, mm. shape of your body, Grant, so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. I'll have a good sleep. I love a good sleep. You do. Yeah. You do. Uh, Gary. Gary uh, might have had a restless night's sleep um, if this text is anything to go by. Most disappointing thing about yesterday is that they had a chance to rest Matt Henry, who will go to the World Cup and give Ben Lister an easy start at Hamilton against a, a showing Sri Lankan side. Slowing, maybe? Yeah. Predictive, eh? And why the hell didn't Rutschen bowl yesterday? We didn't bowl because Sri Lanka's batting was pop. I think you've said that yeah, correctly. But, uh, yeah, it's just they haven't gone the distance. They've been in that position, unfortunately, Sri Lanka, where it's been a seeming wicket. And, you Not know, they, they've lost early wickets and the spin just never come into it. But it would be nice to, to see Rutchen have a bowl. He batted brilliantly at Eden Park when I was there for the, the, the first ODI. Um, great to see him do well because, I actually, I really rate him. I think he's a heck of a player. He's young. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He just needs experience, just needs opportunity. And Matt Henry, well, why wouldn't you play him? I mean, he's it just excellent. depends if Ben Lister is actually going to be an option at the World Cup. And well, this is what we were he, talking he, about he, earlier. He's he's not. He's he's two or three injuries away, isn't he? Henry, Southey, yes, yes. Ferguson, yes. Um, And then you're probably going to take some spinners. Well, you're going to take spinners. And Trace Bolt's going to the tournament. We told you that in November. What? No, he's not. Yes, he will. No, he's not. He will. Trent Bolt will not go. He will definitely go. I'll tell you why he won't go. He'll go. Okay. He'll definitely go. You know, you're the manager of the Auckland Indians, not he's, the Black Caps team. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I don't really have a say in this. Why wouldn't he go? Well, because the thing is, you're setting a precedent. So it's all about the yep, precedent. Yeah, and, and that's why we had um, one of the big cheeses at uh, New Zealand Cricket. Brian Stromick was on this very show with me and you. Yeah, and they said, we're and not closing the door, which means we have closed the door. Uh, the, the reason why it's a precedent is that because then the likes of James Neesham or any of these players that play in the circuit can go, I don't want a New Zealand cricket contract. how many of these contract. players are on the circuit? Yeah, no, Did Trent Bolt get picked up in the 100? Yeah, he would have. I, I don't actually know if he has. Uh, he didn't. 
Maybe he didn't want to. He doesn't need to. Not at not at the fee he that he wanted. But I told you what the what what the uh, the answer to this is. The answer is is keep them on a contract on a small retainer with New Zealand cricket, where you put that retainer aside because, as you say, there's only a handful of players that could probably do that. Give them a small retainer where they're still committed to New Zealand cricket for periods of time, and that might yeah. be the World Cup, and it might be the series against Sri Lanka, whatever. That doesn't interfere with key tournaments, and they're on a hundred grand retainer. We're getting we're getting sidetracked. We're yeah. getting sidetracked. We we can talk about this. Mm. Um, to the point about uh, Lister, you've still got the lights of Tickner ahead of him. Um, Duff, Duffy, you would Google say Lyon. Milne, Bra- Doug Bracewell. He's a left armer though. Yeah, he is. And, but what you're going to pick a guy for World Cup with one one day international to his name? For World I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Would I have given him a chance over summer, Gary? Probably. Mm. But they, they, They're using their options for the World Cup. That's what they're doing. Part two of Gary's message. The other joke um, after how Bolt, Guptal, etc. have been treated is that Nisham is back. How? He doesn't even align to the domestic side anymore. Even if he wanted to play domestic, no one would have him. Clarkson should have uh, got a shot in these T20s. Uh, Mark writes, what about a grumpy... T- what about a grumpy texter? How come the station keeps cutting out now and then in Christchurch? Yeah, Mark, and I didn't want to avoid this message like some hosts would. We are having the odd technical uh, issue, and I'm also forewarning you, uh, we're having issues with uh, our connection between here in Wellington and home base. So if we drop out for a few seconds here or there, uh, firstly, we apologise. We are working on it, Mark, but we are aware there are a few issues uh, out there, and we do appreciate your patience, especially to those in the Hawke's Bay who've really um, you know, battled. Um, it was great to see it's back on air. And uh, Jason writes, uh, Daniel Grant, I advise uh, SENZ management with Craig Hutchinson that they signed a multi-year deal with New Zealand Cricket to allow SENZ to broadcast all Black Caps um, uh, New Zealand-based test one-day internationals and T20s. Um, and Super Smashes as well. And New Zealand first-class cricket. I love it. I love it how a listener has sanctioned our bosses to buy cricketing rights. That would I, be I'm awesome. Not, I'm not sure how, if that's how it works. Do you think we'd, we'd go right in the commentary box? Do you think... It, Oh, one of my pet hates of commentary, Daniel, and I'm going to bring this up just okay. in case we were commentating, looking at the Kane Williamson injury, how would you commentate that? So you're watching that on your phone? No, I'd, I'd grimace and you know say that's terrible, and I hope he's okay. It's probably the extent. I, I know where you're going. Where do you think? I'm oh, going he's with done this? his ACL and he's out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On the spot diagnosis. <laughs> so, so I've got a few pet hates. One of them is is when people are getting off an aeroplane, when they come from behind you and push in front, you know, just let the people out in front. Like, you know, that's how it should be done. Just be I polite. I hate jumpers in general. Oh, it frustrates me. Um, Especially because you've got the awkwardness if you're in a long queue. They've just jumped in front of you. They've got to stand next to you for, for the whole way. And then you're, you're just giving them death eyes. And you're at the baggage turnstile waiting, standing next to them going, I'm glad you got that extra meter. Yeah, I'm glad your time's more valuable than mine. <laughs> but yes, so commentary, and then Kane Williamson goes down, they go, oh, that looks like a hamstring, or looks like... it's." Or when the NRL physio Twitter account puts out, don't like this for Kane Williamson at all, he'll be lucky to escape without an ACL injury. Oh, there you go. That's your pet hate. Yeah, that is one of my pet hates. I don't... I, and. And sometimes because it's quiet and, you know, the video, the, the, the cameras are honing in on the player, you feel like you have to say something. Just say we don't know. Because also there's, you know, family you that are watching. generally would say um, 
Let's you know, hope that looks he's all right. Nice. We hope he's all right. Yeah, that's the, the yeah. go-to line yeah. for me. Yeah, the one that always annoyed me on that front is you know, when someone had, you know, a string of concussions. You know, people, he should retire. <laughs> As if you have you studied his medical notes, <laughs> they should retire. <laughs> Sorry, leave it up to the individual to retire. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Armchair. Doctor. I think we'd go all right. We'd go all right as a commentary team. Well, we've done oh, sorry, it. We've I'm, done radio. I'm, I'm, I'm busy. Um, uh, I think um, that texter was talking about the radio cricket rights. The radio cricket rights. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've done that together and we've been great. <laughs> he said so. Unashamedly. <laughs> uh, we will take a break. It's uh, 12 away from 11 on the other side of the Ocho. The weird sporting stories you may not have heard, but you definitely need to know about. Seven away from 11 o'clock. We will open the lines again after 12 o'clock. Great to hear your uh, thoughts on this wonderful, weird and wacky world of sports. Coming up in the next hour, we've got plenty for you. But right now, you need to pay particular attention to this. The Odd Show, we call it the Bizarre Sporting Stories. You may not have heard, but you definitely need to know about the quirky and odd from the sporting week. What have you got first up, Mr. Elliot? Uh, I've got a bit of a bizarre one. Um, So if any of our listeners have heard of Swish, well, if you haven't, it's a website where you get personalised videos from athletes and send them to friends or family as a gift. Um, I don't know if you've ever used that, Daniel, but um, yeah, uh, you can get uh, you know one from uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, for example, for the, the Auckland Indians. Um, well, in the UK, their equivalent is Memo.me, and one customer got more than he bargained for with a video message from Germany World Cup winner Andreas Brum, who scored a winning goal in 1990 final against Argentina. At the end of the one-minute clip, they got a cameo appearance from Brum's wife, Suzanne, who'd wandered into the room topless. <laughs> the video was recorded last year, but only recently emerged on the internet. Luckily, Andreas and his wife saw the funny side of it, telling um, the journalists, now the whole world knows what a great wife I have. It shouldn't have happened, but I can laugh at myself. In the future, I'd better let Suzanne film. That's brilliant. Andreas Bremer, what a player he was. Absolutely sensational. That's fantastic. Uh, Who remembers one of the biggest scandals in sporting history last year when two men were accused of cheating in the fishing tournament by stuffing fillets and lead weights? Remember? That's right. Fishgate, Leadgate, (laughs) the story that had us hanging on the edge of our seat for weeks. Um, uh, Some uh, many names after a shocking video emerged on social media showing two men's attempt to win prize money. Um, Jacob Runyon and Chase Kaminsky, had to be a Kaminsky, didn't it? Uh, both appeared in court and pled guilty to cheating while prosecutors agreed to drop attempted grand theft and possession criminal tools charges. Oh. That's how serious it got as part of the plea deal. They took a plea deal. Um, uh, agreed to three-year suspensions of their fishing licenses. Kaminsky also to uh, give up his boat worth 100000 bucks. <laughs> what? He had to give up his boat? Then who gets the boat? Both men are scheduled to be sentenced May 11. <laughs> Prosecutions plan to recommend a sentence of six months probation and later ask for uh, expungement of their convictions if they successfully complete their probation. Court records also said um, they were investigated near Toledo in the spring of 2022 for doing something similar. Who gets the boat? Yeah, where does the boat go? Where does go? the boat go? To a Melbourne Storm player, maybe? I don't know. Give it to d- us. Let's have an SENZ the- boat. You have to give up your boat? America. So good. That was the Ot Show. Back after this break with headlines. I should probably talk. The music's finished. Uh, 11 a.m. Welcome back to uh, the show. Well, you didn't go anywhere. We went to a break. 
Why, why do broadcasters do that? Welcome back. We went to. Well, we always go just down. Been waiting. We they, go down they haven't gone holes. anywhere. They haven't gone anywhere. We have. Got, we do like going down rabbit holes. Our number is 0800 We'll open the lines again after eleven o'clock. You can keep your text messages rolling into uh, double eight, uh, double three. Like this one. The problem with cricket is not what's going on, the wicket, the dynamics of the team, makeup is part of the enjoyment. It's the poor decisions on broadcasting rights. You just can't access it, visual or radio. Uh, Peter Mack uh, sends that one. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Peter. Well, New Zealand Cricket won the lottery with Spark, they have. Uh, Spark Sports, obviously winding up. Grant, you're involved with them, and I'm sure that's you know a, a sad time. Uh, but New Zealand, New Zealand Cricket, of course, gets now free-to-wear exposure at Spark's rates. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's so great. you're going to get a lot more exposure. Um, and, and I know th- my heart goes out terribly to everyone at Today FM. Um, PTSD, uh, having been through that, that sucks. Um, and first and foremost, um, hope they're all doing okay. But Cricket and the radio, they're made for each other. Cricket will be on the radio. Where it ends up on the radio, I'm not sure. I, I hope it's here. I really do. I, I think this, you know, biased is the sounds. I think we would do the best job. Um, but it will sort itself out. Cricket will end up on radio. It just makes, makes way too much sense. It's too popular. Uh, thanks, uh, Pete. Appreciate your message and everyone's message on double eight double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Uh, big weekend of sport, of course. We will uh, talk plenty. There's great motorsport on this weekend, Grant Hill. You've even done a Formula One report for a while. Perhaps you can uh, get up to speed with what's, or get us up to speed what's been happening in uh, Formula One at some stage before uh, we depart at uh, 1 o'clock. But we will open the lines again after 12. Uh, right now, though, it is time for the latest in sports headlines and six-time defending champions. Are they, are they, have they won six in a row? Well, six-time champions Crusaders have overcome a... Is, is it six in a row? Have I blocked out that much of my life because I'm sick and tired of them winning all the time? I think it, it is. Oh my god, I've got, a, I've got a blind spot. Crusaders who are good at rugby. I'll re- rewrite that headline. The Crusaders who are good at, in Super Rugby have overcome a crippling injury count to shade the Queensland Reds by 25 points to 12 for their third straight Super uh, Rugby Pacific win. Meanwhile, the Highlanders have claimed their th- third straight uh, victory, putting in a strong second half showing to overwhelm Moana Pacifica by... 47 points to 17 at Auckland's Mount Smart Stadium. A middle order batsman, Will Young, steady hand, has guided New Zealand to a one-day series victory over Sri Lanka at Hamilton Seddon Park, chasing just a modest 157-run target set by the tourists. New Zealand were really struggling at 59 for the loss of four before Young and Henry Nichols stabilised the pursuit with a 100-run partnership that saw their side home. So, yeah, it was a partnership under pressure, which is always great to see. He's nice to watch Will Young as he well. Is. Sexy yeah. better. Oh, yeah, just, you know, on drives. Gee, he plays Sexy. nice on drives. Sexy, better. But there's not many players that can play, you know, that they drive and play the horizontal bat shots, the pulls and cuts. I mean, he's more of a puller than a cutter, but... He's a sexy player. Sexy player. That's a great talk about topic. Sexy players for how they play the game, not not their aesthetics. Like, I don't think I was yeah, a sexy player. Give me player. some sacks. I think, I, you know... Devin Conway, sexy player. Is he? Kane Williamson, really sexy. Yeah. Only, only, only cricketers appear to arouse you, Grant, which is a little bit <laughs> strange, but understandable. After victory in the series opener and rained out second encounter, the home side have uh, secured a 2-0 a result to consolidate position uh, atop the ICC Super League uh, before the one-day World Cup in India later this year. And Fernando Alonso has set the... Fernando Alonso is still in Formula 1. How old is that guy, Grant? <laughs> Uh, I'll find out. He's old. I do my piece. He is old.
I'm no Formula One expert. We should know this by now. Um, maybe there's a new Fernando Alonso I don't know about. No, it's the same one. Uh, he set the early pace in the second practice at the Australian Grand Prix before rain affected the majority of the session. The Aston Martin driver was 0.445 seconds quicker than uh, Ferrari's Charles Leclerc. The 42-year-old Alonso set. What? Mm. Uh, Red Bull's Max Verstappen, who I know is much younger. Love the way you say Verstappen. I mm. uh, was third fastest, 0.615 seconds off the pace. Verstappen uh, topped the first session, run in dry conditions, ahead of Mercedes driver Lewis Hamilton. Oh, he's a bit of an up-and-comer, that Lewis Hamilton, isn't he? <laughs> no, well, you've got George Russell, who's uh, in the Mercedes team, who he is an up-and-comer. Mm. That guy, I reckon he was built for racing. He just, You know how you get those, those people in your classroom when you were growing up that were just... They weren't quite the teacher's pet, but they were just head boy. You know, I'll put Tom Latham in that, that mould. Just a head boy. And does everything right. Ticks every single box. And you have to do that as a Formula 1 driver. I mean, they, they, they break down everything that these mm. drivers do. They control their lives. And I, it's no surprise. I, well, it's a surprise to me that they don't completely go off the rails at the end of their career. Because their lives are just constrained to racing. More analysis from New Zealand's leading Formula One expert, Grant uh, Elliott, a little bit later. But it is time for Swinging Both Ways, our cricketing segment, proudly brought to you by PGG Rights and Turf Key Supplies to New Zealand Cricket Grounds. We're really appreciative of their support of the segment over the summer. Uh, I think it's our last show uh, with PGG Rights and Turf because, hey, we're into April now. Uh, but PGG Rights and Turf, premium supplies of turf seed and maintenance products to New Zealand cricket grounds across New Zealand. Now, Grant, I'm going to go down one of those rabbit holes you hate, um, sort of diagnosing uh, injuries before. But <laughs> based around that, not, it was not a good sight. So Are you going to diagnose No, I'm injury? not going to diagnose him. But, you Thank know, goodness. There, there is always a risk. There's always a risk of injury um, at any stage. If, if we are to lose um, one player, is he the most important New Zealand one-day cricketer at the moment? Um, you know what? He's up there as one of the most important. Like, I don't believe in just one player. I think that, you know, everything is about partnerships. Um, everything is about, you know, the team as a whole. You know, we've lost Trent Bolt, um, although you suggest that maybe we haven't for the World Cup. I just, I just but, don't know why we put a line through him. Yeah. So, well, let's say, you know, for, for the summer we have lost Trent Bolt. He hasn't played. But I do always think it's like, you know, your best salesperson. Everyone goes, oh, we can't lose your best salesperson. Can't, you know, and they might be, um, you know, someone that you just think runs the team. When you lose that top salesperson, everyone raises their game by 10% or 20%. And suddenly someone like Matt Henry, mm -hmm. who's had an outstanding season, geez, he's looked good. Like, and I, reason, I reckon the reason why Matt Henry is bowling so well now is because he doesn't go to the game thinking, am I going to be benched or not? He goes, I know I'm playing, I'm one of the frontline players, and geez, bowled well. Oh, that test match that they played at, um, at the Basin that I was commentating, you ask Hawkeye to present their, the pitch map of the bowlers. You say, oh, can you give me Henry's spell of seven overs and just show me the pitch map? He's just so consistent. The line that he bowled, he just changed up his length, and the line that he bowled was so consistent. He's just had a rhythm, and he's got a confidence in him that has reaped the, the rewards. And once again yesterday, you know, uh, he had an opening spell where uh, 
you know, he he knocked the, the top of the Sri Lankans. He's an excellent one-day bowler, has been for a very long time, and was the leading wicket-taker over the last two years. When the conditions are good. 21 wickets in 12 games, an average of 21. Southies next with 20 wickets in 11 games at 23. Oh, and some guy, Trent Bolt, averaging three wickets a game in six games. 18 wickets at 12. Uh, I'm trying to find... Oh, no, for argument's sake, is Trent Bolt our most important one-day cricketer? I, no. I could argue that. But no? <laughs> could I not? Yeah, I mean, listen, he... You wouldn't pick him, though. You, you're, you're worried about this thing called setting a precedent. Well, I think that now... But that... What about what we fans want, which is your organisation, Grant Elliott, to pick the best players and give us the best chance of winning a marquee tournament that is the World Cup? Surely players underneath would understand, for a tournament like that, we'll, we'll pick whoever is available. They're... But for, for test series at home, in between... Cricket, cricket is a game that is played by the collective and there's a lot of players that are put in a lot of hard yards leading up to the World Cup and those players will miss out if you pick someone that's been mm. playing in Dubai and choosing, you know, mercenary cricket over their oh. country. <laughs> <laughs> Who, are you Team Grant or Team Daniel? Listeners, do you pick Bolt or not? You're not picking him. Like, it's like saying to someone, Hey, listen, everyone, you have to come into the office if you want to be paid. But you know what? Um, Stephen over there, you don't have to come into the office. You just come in whenever you want. Is James Nation playing this T20 series? He is. All oh, right, so there's a precedent. Now, that's interesting. That's a precedent, isn't it? That's re- Yes. So that they're is, picking him up. Well, that's the first time it's been done now. So are they setting us up for the fact that, oh, well, Nation's been picked, so, you know, Bolt can be picked for the World Cup? I don't know. Let's put it to the people, the most important the most important group out there, the fans. Double eight, double three. Your, your team, Daniel, A, you're picking Trent Bolt or your Grant. It's you're, not worried, that, you're worried about the collective and hurting people's feelings. Yeah, it's not that I, I don't want to select him. I just go, well, there, there's rules in place. Now, New Zealand cricket should change those rules and give someone a retainer so that they can actually... So Trent Bolt is still contracted to New Zealand cricket, which means that we're... we're you know, mapping out his strength and conditioning program. We're making sure he checks in with the coaches. He's doing the skill work necessary, and he's available for selection. That's what should happen. But it's either black or white at the moment. It's like either you're contracted or you're not. And that's where the issue lies. Introduce our special guest here on Swinging Both Ways on SENZ in association with PGG Rights. Well, we have got uh, Dave Mayring, and I hope I've said that right, uh, Dave, um, from Central Districts. And from what I understand, Dave, you're head of High Performance and Pathways. Great to have you on the show, Dave. Thanks, Grant. Yeah, uh, head of High Performance and um, came up through the Pathway system, but looking after the the stags and the hinds now, which is great. Oh, brilliant. And it's been an excellent week. Uh, especially when win silverware. Central Districts, Canterbury, I'm talking about the full trophy final and CD getting up by six wickets. Um, you know, how much joy did you see uh, across your players' faces as, uh, you know, they lifted what they uh, hope, what, the, the first of a couple bits of silverware? Yeah, well, we'd like to think it's the first of a couple, but um, no, taking nothing away from uh, what's ahead this week to, to win the, the full trophy the other day was really special. It's been a trying season for the guys and um, I know a number of them were, were really keen to, I guess, show everyone what they can do and um, to go out there and win that trophy was, was really rewarding for the, the hard work that they've put in over the last couple of months. Dave, one of the things I want to ask you in the position that you're in is there was a lot of, I guess, negativity from um, 
the fans and I guess the cricket tragics that looked at our, our test team and said, oh, there's no one under 30 in the team. Now, I personally see that as a positive, but do you think that we lack lacking um, a bit of talent under uh, from a, that 20 to 30 range at the moment? Um, no, I don't believe so. I think it's probably more a sign of the times at the moment. The, um, the test team's probably been quite settled for a little while. I know there's some changeover at the moment with um, players retiring and those sorts of things or moving into the T20 game, but I, I don't think there's a lack of talent or depth. I think that there's guys there ready to take those opportunities and um, yeah, they may need to be given a little bit of leeway and a few tests um, if they do make their debut or come into the side. But no, I don't believe there's a lack of depth in New Zealand cricket or in domestic cricket. I think there's more than uh, enough people there to fill spots should they become available. What, what is the mindset as far as selecting, say, a Plunkett Shield side? Uh, first and foremost, in the eyes of the association, is to win a game. Is that the priority? Or do you feel it's incumbent to maybe leave out someone in their mid-30s in favour of giving, giving a youngster a go, even if you feel uh, the mid-30s player might be more productive for that game? Is there much uh, of a balancing act, or, or is it all about wins and losses? No, it certainly is. It's a balancing act. Um, you know, Winning the, the Plunkett Shield's not uh, one of our KPIs or something that we strive to do first and foremost. Obviously, we are there trying to win games of cricket, and if that means that we, we win the Plunkett Shield at the end of the season, that's great. But first and foremost, it's about um, us providing players up into the Black Cat system. So we realise that if we do that job well, um, that's going to provide opportunities for players underneath. And subsequently, that may mean that we have a slightly weaker team, which doesn't raise the shield at the end of the year. But it's a balancing act. I mean, we've got uh, Greg Hay, our captain, who's uh, 38. Um, so, you know, he's certainly uh, no spring chicken, but at the same time, we realise the value that he brings to that squad and providing experience to the team and to younger players. Um, but, you know, look at it this week. We've got Curtis Heafy, who's 20, uh, Will Clark, who's 21. Um, so there's a real mixture in amongst our group and, and most of the teams amongst the domestic competition. Just Dave, Sorry, Grant, go ahead. Uh, Dave, I, I want to ask you about Josh Clarkson. I mean, he had a amazing innings to get you guys over the line when you won the Ford Trophy against Canterbury. I mean, you know, 100 of 70 balls and 3 for 40 and yeah, what a game. 10 overs. I know that he is a player of immense talent. Like He hits the ball a long way. Um, is there anything special that you guys are doing? Because even when I was playing for Firebirds, I always sort of felt that Central Districts kind of had this pool of really talented players. Is there anything that you think that you're doing differently either in the community game or um, anything that really adds to you with this uh, this pathway of players that have been coming through, especially batters coming through into New Zealand? Um, it's a good question, I think, um, and I don't mean any disrespect to the coaches that came before him, but Rob Walter over the last 18 months was a massive influence into our playing group. Um, he brought uh, you know, a level of accountability to the guys and made sure that they were training hard, but also probably changed their mindset, um, allowed them to go out there and probably play slightly freer than they have done previously to sort of think attack first and defence second. Um, and for, for guys like Tom Bruce and Josh Clarkson in particular, um, that's, that's, I think, played a massive part in their success over the last couple of seasons. Um, and both of those guys, along with you know Will Young, uh, Blair Tickner, um, Dane Cleaver, a, we've got a really good depth of group at the moment that are, have played a lot of domestic cricket and are starting to show their wares and 
uh, that works well, one, for us, but also we hope that they're pushing their, their name forward for, for, for higher honours as well. Tell us about a little bit more about Tom Bruce. This 31 years young is leading the New Zealand A side against Australia A, weather permitting. I, I think there's a ground delay to start that uh, series, two-match series. Uh, he's a guy I, I think maybe a lot of Black Caps fans might remember coming into the T20 side. I think it was, at the time, Ross Taylor was dropping out, so it was quite a so it's sort of a hotbed topic. But this is a guy who's got a first-class record of near on 50. Uh, and I, I, I don't think people really have paid particular attention to what he's done in the first-class arena. Um, you know, how important to your setup is he? Um, yeah, he's hugely influential. He captains our white ball formats um, and then obviously does the job if Greg Kay's not there in the, the Plunkett Shield as well. But, I mean, Tom's gone to another level over the last couple of seasons. His record sort of speaks alone for um, what the hard work he's put in, but also probably the change in mindset he's had around his Red Bull game. I think previously he really strove for white ball opportunities with the Black Caps, wanted to play T20s and, and one-day internationals if they came about. But I think if you spoke to him now, the age he's at, um, the understanding he's got of the way he's going about it, if uh, if you asked him what he thought he was going to be best suited to in the international arena, it probably would be test cricket. Um, mm. And that's something that we're working really hard with him to, to keep developing. Um, you know, we feel as though there's opportunities that may arise uh, in the next couple of seasons and we hope that Tom's still in, uh, I guess, the selector's thoughts. Um, yeah, he's not under 30, but I think he could do a really good job for three or four years at test level while uh, maybe some others underneath keep developing their game in the domestic arena. Dave, one other thing uh, that I'm, uh, I'm massive on with, with high performance is, you know, I sat next to AJ's Patel during the Helberg Awards and he was nominated for, you know, performance of the year for his 10 wickets in India. Um, spent a lot of time with Adam Milne, who I now know is a Wellington, Wellington boy now. Wellington yeah. boy, yeah. Wellington through and through. <laughs> uh, but obviously came up through the ranks of CD. Um, and Tom Bruce, who, you know, I played uh, Weybridge Club, so did he. I've got to know him over the years. Just such a, a solid human and, and good head on his shoulders. How important is it with high performance, and also to those parents listening to us this morning, to actually just grow the person as a, a person, a character um, that has self-esteem um, and has a, a really good level head on their shoulders. How important is that um, when, when you look at a high-performing sports person? It's more about the character of the person than what they produce on the field. Yeah, without doubt. I think it's that last sort of 10, 15%. Um, you know, if someone has taken the time to understand who they are, um, want to commit to themselves, but also to the people around them. Um, it's only going to benefit them in the long run. Um, similarly to, well, for me anyway, to, to play in different sports as you grow up as well, I don't think specialisation at a young age is something that ultimately provides someone with a well-rounded view of what they're trying to achieve. So um, we look at our system, whether it's our pathways, which sort of begin at under 17 or through into the stags and the hind setups that we don't just want to make them better cricketers, we want to make them better people and um, it's on our, ourselves but also the players to, to, to achieve that um, and ultimately whether they achieve the goals that they want to in cricket um, that they feel as though they've come across or come out of it a better person at the end of it. D Dave, lastly, um, it's been great having you on the show and hearing your insights. I mean, you're in the thick of it and I guess the pathways, high performance but also quite closely in touch with um, you know, the major associations and those first-class teams, professional players. But with no Gavin Larson at the moment, no selector. Well, he's, um, 
He's moving on. He's still in New Zealand, though, isn't he? He's yeah, he may be. Yeah, I think he's, he's off to uh, Birmingham to be director of cricket. How does, how does that work? Because I would think that the selector feeds into the likes of you and the MA coaches to then decide on squad of players and succession planning of, you know, who's going to replace Tom Latham in, you know, X amount of years. And, you know, once, let's say, Ross Taylor was, was finished, who's going to come in and see him? So does the selector feed into to the likes of what you do? And um, how's that going to go uh, moving forward without a selector? So previously with uh, Gav, it was him connecting with the MA head coaches. Um, so he'd speak to them, obviously let them know who's been selected for a tour or a series um, that would allow the coaches to then query or ask questions as to where other players sit or why maybe they're not selected. Um, and that's sort of been the, the direct channel from New Zealand cricket into the MAs. Um, I've had a unique experience since Rob left where I've become that port of call and I've really enjoyed having those conversations with Gavin, even up to uh, the series um, teams that were just announced the other day for Sri Lanka and Pakistan. Gav was still that person. So in terms of what that looks like um, with Gav moving over to the UK, I'm not too sure. But uh, I'd imagine the, the direct link will be through the head coaches still and um, they'll be the ones that drive a lot of it. And then it's up to us to put systems in place to allow the players to develop the necessary skills or... Um, if we feel as though they have those already and maybe have a difference of opinion to, to keep pushing that with the selected selection group um, or Gary Stead himself, he's always welcome to take a call and um, yeah, just make sure that we're getting good information back to our players to help develop them. Dave, really appreciate your time. Just uh, remind us as we wind this up, you know, weather permitting, um, I understand there's also a delay at Saxon Oval for your last Plunkett Shield game against Auckland Aces. It's the last game of the season. Um, what do you need to do um, for those who don't understand the point system of the Plunkett Shield to, to eclipse um, Canterbury at the top? My understanding is we need 15 points. So um, essentially an outright and three bonus points. The, the maximum amount of points you can get from a game is 20. So 15 of a possible 20 will allow us to top the table. So that's what we're striving for. And um, we've obviously without a few players that so are Auckland with the NZA games going on as well as the Black Cap Tour. But um, it's a great opportunity for our guys. And we hope that uh, they can get the job done and the sun comes out and we get at least three and a half days of cricket. Exactly. You're going to have to do it the hard way, but it will make it all the more sweater if you do get those 15 points you talk about. Thanks so much for your time and well done this year. Thanks a lot, Dave. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Our pleasure, Dave Merring, the uh, high-performance uh, in at uh, Central District's cricket. 15 point. You played a lot of Plunkett Shield and probably understand the point system better than I do, the bonus points. Yeah, well... You were captain in that competition. first innings points. I was like one of those captains that always asked the umpire, like, what time is tea? <laughs> I'm like, come on, you've been playing for 10 years. How do you not know that it's, you know, 20 to 3, whatever it was? Um I always, I always struggle when I'm commentating as well because I go, oh, the laws oh, of the game. oh no, there's rules. Oh, it's, the, uh, like, the, the it's a bit of a panic. The, and the I feel like I, I have to be the authority on it. The one I always freak about is the extra hour of play. Yeah. You know, if there's been a rain delay, can you actually, is it now, but there's an extra half an hour. And can the take. lights go on? Yeah. Like, oh, there's just so many. At least and it's not you, like scrummages and, yeah, and, and rucks. Anyone criticising us, I, I dare you, um, after the show's completed, to go um, download the, the test playing Test cricket <laughs> match playing conditions, and um, then you need a lawyer to understand them. Yeah, just maybe, a legal document. They're so hard to read. Maybe that's what you need on hand as a commentator, just to be able to text them and go, "Hey, I, I legally, don't. what can I say here?" I download it. It's always <laughs> available to me. It still makes no sense no. when I read it.
Uh, thanks so much, Davia. Um, we've got uh, the New Zealand A game, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, well, that's that's who I, I didn't want to say to Dave that you know he was he was my not my third choice, but um, yeah, I tried to phone Tom Bruce and he was like, oh, I'm at the A game. Then I phoned AJ's Patel. He's I, like, I'm also at the A game. I was so and maybe we can speak to Tom in the off season. I just want to know what has happened, like. 1,563 runs in the Punkett Shield over the last two summers at 97. And he's an impressive he individual is. as well. He like, really is. That's why, I mean, I've I've really looked at Ratchan Ravindra and I've thrown it on the line and said he's the most talented youngster we've got in New Zealand. I said that two years ago before we played for New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't quite lived up to the hype yet, or my hype, because he's got such a good head on his shoulders, and Tom Bruce is the same. You meet him and you speak to him, and you're like, "Wow, he's really impressive individual." Yeah, and third, and and for those at home who don't like over thirty one's not old. No, thirty one is not old. It's not old. It is twenty five past eleven. We'll take <laughs> a, a quick break. Read some of your text messages uh, pertaining to cricket as we wrap up. Um, swinging both ways in association with PGG Rights and Turf. It is 29 no, minutes after 11. You can't pick him. You can't pick him. We're on air. We're on air now. Oh, okay. Can we stop Sorry. fighting? Why okay? do you always fight with me in the Because breaks? it's fun. It's not a fight. It's just a difference of opinion. Don't be so thin-skinned. No, I like that, though. Yeah, I like we have a difference of opinion. of opinion. I want to hear a difference of opinion. Well, all these, all these people have a difference of opinion to you, Grant Elliott. They're all in agreement with me. Okay. Uh, let's get to some of your text messages. Um, were you Team Daniel or Team Grant? I'm picking Trent Bolt. Grant is not. Um, that's for a World Cup. That it's is. not that I'm it's not. Hypothe- we're hypothetic- hypothetically speaking. Um, Kane Williamson is the most important player. He anchors the team collectively so other players can play their own game. As for Trent Bolt, he needs to be picked for the World, class, uh, World Cup. He is class. And as for a precedent, he has already, as has already been said, the Nisham scenario has changed that move on. Uh, someone writes here, Team Daniel, if Trent Bolt is a mercenary cricketer, so are the seven or eight current black caps that are in India instead of playing Sri Lanka, writes Jason. Very interesting point, that. I mentioned that to cricketers. They don't like to hear they're things like con- that. They're still contracted to New Zealand cricket. So. <laughs> Team Daniel all day. By the way, Williamson is available for the World Cup. Didn't look, didn't look like a good injury this morning. Oh, someone's well, assessing injuries. Is no, that one of my pets? <laughs> no injury. He hasn't assessed. It. No injury is good. We no. don't know. We, no. we just throw out the question. But I want to speak about Jason. And I'll point this pen at you as well. <laughs> oh! Because... Have you seen Grant this grumpy, Ben Francis? Because, Jason, I appreciate your text message. Thank you very much. But to I'm going to have away. to oppose it. Because the problem with it is, is that the six or seven players that have gone to the IPL are not mercenary cricketers because they are still signed to play for New Zealand cricket. They haven't turned down a New Zealand cricket contract. Yeah, but New Zealand cricket is bent over backwards for you. And guess who suffers? Colin de We the fans. Yeah. So Guptill, Colin de Grandholm, um, and Trent Bolt turned down a New Zealand cricket contract. Now, unfortunately, in a New Zealand cricket contract, that means that you are pledging allegiance to New Zealand cricket. So they're not your employer anymore. Your employer is Mumbai Indians and Rajasthan Royals and whoever it is. Um... But they're still available to be picked. But they can say, "Yeah, I'm still available." Yeah. But he's an he's an insider, peeps. Yeah. I'm 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 all about you, the people. Can I say fans? Can I? Get I, I I'm just after your interest, fans. I just care about you. Yeah. And I, and like I want that. you to enjoy the best side possible. 
And that means picking the best 15 players. And that means some difficult selection decisions might be actually had to be made to play your best 11 on the day. And some people's feelings might get hurt. But we, the fans, will be looked after, Grant. Okay, we're I'm the ones who pay all the broad... We pay our subscriptions. Mm. Notice some have gone up quite substantially recently. We're the ones that turn up to the ground and pay the money. We're the ones that buy apparel. And we're often the ones thought about last. I know that's an emotional speech, and it's hard to get It is. I haven't seen you so emotional. But what I will say is the team dynamics of it, right? So this is the pressure that Gary Stead and Tim Southey and Kane Williamson are under, is that you've got a player that says, okay, well, I don't want a New Zealand cricket contract. I'm going to go and play in the, the Dubai League and you know IPL, which is fine because they all play in the IPL, but I'm, I'm choosing nine months of the year that I just want to do whatever I want to do. Fair enough. Like, you know, Bolt, he earns the right to do that. But you, what you don't earn the right to do, and that was the same with A.B. de Villiers, is suddenly before a World Cup go, I'm available now. Yeah, and, um, and, I, and you know what? I hope, I hope he's made it very clear to him that that's what he wants, and he has done that months ago. From the start. If he hasn't, I, I would encourage him to pick up the phone and call that. You were so right about the de Villiers one. That's a really good comparison. Yeah. That was just so messy and, and poorly, poorly handled uh, by a, a phenomenal talent. Just like, let everyone know, let the fans know where we yeah. stand with all of this. Because I tell you who will be benched then, is it, it will be Matt Henry. Because Matt Henry will miss out. Because Matt Henry has missed out we were picking for the, the last three years. He always got benched. You'd have Bolt, Southey, um, Ferguson, um, and you know maybe the two all-rounders. And he always missed out. So yeah. someone who's slogged his guts out in Pakistan and India and played in all these test matches and has done extremely well, Suddenly, you have have to tap him on the shoulder and say, "Sorry, Hennis, you're out." He's not in that team. That's yeah, been written down in front of you. He's in my team. He is in your team. But that's with everyone available. But I mean, let's ra- wrap up this really interesting PGG rights and um, turf uh, inspired swinging both ways. It's been a robust one. A good way to end the season. Morning, guys. Great listening to Dave Meering talk about CD and Tom Bruce's outstanding performance. CD have another one in the women's game, uh, like Tom, who continually bangs the door down with great performances with the bats season after season. He gets looked past for the White Ferns selection. Natalie Dodd may be an opportunity to overhaul the whole selection process for Black Caps and White Ferns now. Given Larson has moved on. Have a great weekend. Cheers, Dean. Appreciate your text, uh, Dean. Appreciate uh, everyone's correspondence, uh, not only in this little segment, but always on the uh, show. Uh, that was uh, Swinging Both Ways with PGG Rights and Turf. Premium suppliers of turf seed and maintenance products to New Zealand cricket grounds across the country. We will open the lines again after 12 o'clock on 0800 811. We've got a doozy for you. We want to know your pre-game and, pre- uh, and post-match routines inspired by one English footballer who likes to eat a whole heap. But after this break, we're going to talk to a man who's won a title, um, Super Rugby all Picky, and now has setting his sights to China. Uh, stay with us. Really interesting <laughs> chat coming after this break. Can you say that? 20 minutes away from 12 o'clock and a rather exciting week, fair to say, for our next guest after a rather heart-stopping finish to the Super Rugby Opaki season, which saw the sides get up in rather dramatic circumstances. Uh, Coach Blair Baxter has accepted a role with the Chinese Women's National Sevens team up until November 2023 as they prepare to qualify for the 2024 Paris Olympics. Interesting times for sure. We go to the source. It's Blair. Blair, welcome into the show. Thanks so much for dropping by. Hello, Blair. Yeah, g'day, man. Uh, Great to be on. Blair, can I use a line from my um, 
you know, colleague, Ricky Jane Swinnell, uh, after she called the final act of that Super Rugby or Picky final, no one gave you a chance. Is that how you felt leading up to it? How much of a chance had you given yourselves, you think? I, I, I think I think uh, Ricky was somewhat right. No one gave us a chance outside of our own environment. Mm. Uh, we'd, we'd talked through our whole campaign that the format allowed us to have three pre-season fixtures to be ready to play a semi-final and then win a final. So we had built belief across the whole campaign and I think we got a little bit of hope when we played Manoa in round three that uh, they're not as daunting as everyone might have that belief. Uh, and then we just buried in. The girls went to work and we saw on Saturday that uh, we were fortunate enough to come on the right side of the ledger and, and we're really proud of it. Blair, um, I think you've got a great name, Blair Baxter. Sounds sounds really good. Catching. <laughs> Grant's a strange um, fish, Blair. Just deal with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you don't want a boring name. Blair Baxter sounds like it brings impact. Um, what's your What's your coaching philosophy? Oh, that's a deep question, there, Grant. Um, we are deep I, on the show, Blair. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, coaching's about uh, the people I, I work with and. Uh, I genuinely believe that culture is 80% of performance. So we invest so much time on um, relationships, connection, understanding each other, having fun, and then um, the rest of the time is around the technical and tactical stuff. And uh, we might get a little bit of um, banter, I guess, around the way we play the game, but uh, it shows that you need a system as um, both in chaos and out, out of chaos to to get results. So I, I'm on the same page as you, Blair, um, in terms of team philosophy and, you know, it is about the people and it's about, you know, creating the right environment, fertile environment. So let me just say, one of your players decides that they want to go and play overseas. Are you going to do some cheap point scoring here with Blair? So <laughs> Blair, one of your players yeah. wants to go overseas, finals time comes and they go, hey, I'm back. I'm back. Do you pick them? A good player. I'm Jonah. Your best, I'm, Jonah. I'm Jonah. I'm back. Oh. Do you pick me? Yeah. <laughs> we're we're, um, we're hypothetically speaking because that's the, nowhere near our reality of the women's game yet. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Hypothetically speaking, yeah. because you're a man, yeah. of, you, know, you know, you've got your team philosophy <laughs> and you want to create a good environment. You're a dick. Hey, right? uh, <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> I don't know. Not sure where you go with that, mate. Well, oh, no, well we're, we're just having a bait about. Trent Bolt on the other side, which you probably don't give a, a, an absolute two hoots about. He wants to talk about his side actually winning the competition, coming back against a behemoth of a side who did have what what I think was perceived huge advantage up front in, in that forward um, that forward line. So, how how many steps up did your pack actually rise in that final? Ah, uh, um, steps up. Yeah, we we. It had been talked about the whole campaign that we had a Black Friends front row and, and we'd been scattered with Black Friends and they were hurting from getting a, getting a little bit bullied in round three. So uh, we we knew it was in them. They knew it was in them and we weren't, get, we weren't going out there to dominate. We are just being out there to lock down a scrum to allow our, our back yeah. line to do their job. So, um, yeah, I guess we 100% stepped up. We needed to. Um, we, can't, we couldn't get bullied again. 
How excruciating from a coach's perspective with those last few minutes? Would they score, they miss a conversion, that would have locked it up, then they get a penalty, what, a minute and a half into stoppage time, you've got to wait. I'm sure those last few minutes felt like a couple of weeks. Would that be fair, Blair? The last minute, mate, oh, <laughs> that was um, <laughs> disappointing. I, I, I felt that we'd been stolen from us. We'd done enough outside of the first 15 minutes. We'd done enough to, to get the goods and then... Um, then that call was made, rightly or wrongly, and I thought, well, we don't deserve this. And thank goodness someone was looking after us, maybe the rugby gods. And, and I actually really feel for Tanika. She shouldn't have been put in that position to make that kick because um, that's going to impact mm. her long term as well. So, yeah, it's, that's, that's mm. footy, though. Well, that's, um, that's, that's, that's the sport we love. So you win some, you lose some, and sometimes rugby loves you, sometimes it doesn't. Well, rugby's loving you. It's, uh, you're eyeing a, a next exciting chapter, uh, a unique one, heading off to China. Well, I assume you're going to China if you're going to coach the Chinese uh, nationally. How did this all come about? Yeah, yeah, quite random, really. Uh, about two weeks into the campaign, I had a phone call from the, uh, the coach, Sean Horan, and uh, you probably know him from back in the day when he yep. had the Black Friend Sevens. Um, and they were looking for someone, and I said, mate, I'd be 100% keen. It's a chance to to get out of my comfort zone, be in an environment that, that's going to challenge me, not only the language barrier, but a different culture. Mm. And I know it's going to make me a better coach long term. So, uh, And then they throw a little Olympic thing in there as well, like a chance to qualify the girls for the Olympics in Paris. And I'm like, wow, it's kind of hard to, to turn that opportunity down. So, Blair, um, I want to ask you about, um, you know, the language barrier. I mean, that was the first question I was going to ask. Do you get a translator as a coach? Is that something you can ask for? Yeah, there's there's a couple of translators, and I'm super fortunate that uh, there's an awesome guy, Ekwan, I've worked with when I was involved with the Canary Under-19 boys. Uh, he was our analyst, and when he left us, he went to... He went to Chinese Sevens, and he's still there, and he's an amazing human. So full trust, which which will be important as a coach, because they could uh, make or break you, I think. Oh, that's the perfect balance, the translator, but someone who has an intricate understanding of the sport too. Absolutely happy day. So so when do you leave? How long are you with them? You know, Explain how it all works through to, what, um, November, the, sh- the end of this year. Yeah, we're, we're all over the show. So I head, head to uh, Rotorua on Sunday, tomorrow, and... We're there for a week, off to Australia, and then they play a tournament in Cape Town uh, to try and get them back on the international stage or the World Series uh, for next year. And then post that, it's just preparation both in China and in in New Zealand for the Olympic qualifiers in November. Uh, Yeah, it's it's an exciting chance, exciting opportunity. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, I will be... um... CEO of the uh, Auckland Indians over uh, that time. You but football if franchise. There, if there's any cricketing opportunities in China, <laughs> there, I'm your man. Yeah. Keep your keep your eyes out. I'd love to go to China. I mean, because the work ethic there. Just looking at the gymnasts and the uh, you just you know, want another athletes. clip of the ticket, mate. You're a cricketer, true and true. <laughs> you just want a paycheck. I reckon China would be awesome at cricket. 
you think of the numbers, there'd be some gems there. So, Blair, think of me. Um, so I'd be more than happy to Blair, travel don't, over don't, you don't think use your translator. All. Don't think of him at all, Blair. Think of yourself. Give our best to Sean, too. He's a good bloke. Uh, and we wish you all the success. Yeah. We really look forward to following your progress. Thanks so much, and congratulations to you and your Matatu yeah, side well for done, an extraordinary Blair. final performance last weekend. Well done. Awesome. Congratulations. Thanks, thanks gents. You're, you're very legend. Thank you. Thanks, we appreciate your time. It is uh, 11 minutes away from 12 o'clock. Yeah, really cool week. Um, well, fortnight ago, such a short season, only three games building up to a final. It's mm. quite, quite a weird competition. I don't mind Interesting it, to hear his, um, it was three pre-season games for the one game. I actually quite like that yeah. mindset and probably give you a good little understanding of yeah. his, his thinking. But, but, you know, to get a call literally halfway through the season, fortnight ago, right? Mm. <laughs> halfway through the season. <laughs> Do you want to come to China? Yeah, yeah, why not? Absolutely. Never turn down a, an, an experience, an opportunity. That's a, Never turn down an opportunity. And it's a wise good, once told me. Is that a good segue into uh, after the break? We're going to be talking about pre-match eating rituals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. Kind, kind of. of. We'll take a short break. It is 10 minutes away from 12 o'clock. Six minutes away from 12 o'clock. How do you do that? Shout at me and then... Get onto your mic and go six minutes past 12 o'clock. Experience, Grant. Yeah. Experience. A couple of text messages. Luckily, I had my safety glasses on to avoid the pen, writes Jason. The point is, you don't need a central New Zealand cricket contract to be selected for the Black Caps. Case in point, Jimmy Neesham. Also, Bolt played uh, the, the World T20. Cheers, writes Jason. Um, but you'll probably appreciate this message um, from Mike. It's Can I read this one out? Yeah, yeah. Let me re- read this one out. Thanks, Mike. Great to hear from you. Um, we really do appreciate our listeners texting in or phoning in on 0800 Daniel, Grant is right. End of story, Mike. Thank you very much, Mike, who's clearly related to Grant. <laughs> Singing on double eight, double three. We want to know if you have, in your sporting world, we love our weekend warriors, we love our club connections, in your own sporting universe, do you have any pre-match or post-match routines? Mm. Because we were struck by Jack Grealish's post-match routine. And uh, we'll give you full details uh, after the news, which is about five minutes away. But he goes, this is a primed athlete earning 270000 quid a week, Grant. Yeah. After each and every game, he goes up and just gets a mountain of Chinese food, dumps it on a plate, and just goes gangbusters. So I'll, br- I'll break down exactly what goes on. But this is his post-match routine. There must be some crackers in the weekend warrior landscape out there. It has Pick to up be. the phone. I want to know. Grant wants to know. Ben wants to know your sporting routines both before and after a game. 0800 150 or text us double eight double three. Back after this with sporting headlines. Both the uh, winner and non-nomination. I got a beauty of a non-nomination this week. Oh, I love nominations. Uh, it's, it's a very good one. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good it's because so it's so bad. bad. It's so bad. <laughs> like how how can actually anyone deliver that? This is how I know that maybe sometimes you are a little bit more like half empty in your your personality. Oh, you, I, I you enjoy a, the non-nominations a, yeah. more than the nominations. I have a very very dark soul, Grant. Yeah. No, it's not dark soul. I mean, I would, you know. When I came in this morning, you said you, it was about a 6 out of 10 that six, you enjoyed no, was, seeing. No, I was being honest. That's about as high as I can go for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our Workhorse of the Week is in association with Midas Agritise, choice of leading manufacturers. 
Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. And the sporting tips you should probably run a mile from, um, although um, I got it 100% oh, drink last week. People are not running away from your bets. No. Um, this, I f- I'm feeling the pressure, though. I'm getting tensed in the chest already. Mm. So I, c- I can't deal with pressure. I can't deal with pressure. I'm a, cr- I'm a crumbling, fumbling mess already. Do you yip up? Yeah, I've got the yips. Uh, let's get to the sporting headlines though, at the top of the hour, as we always like to do. Kane Williamson was forced from the field after injuring his right knee in the first match of the Indian Premier League season, uh, sending armchair doctors to make wild prognostications about how long he might be out of the game for. The Black Caps white ball captain, who was making his debut for the... How do you say it? Gujarat... Gujarat Titans. Titans. Gujarat Titans against the Chennai Super Kings suffered the injury while leaping for a catch in the deep square leg boundary in an attempt to intercept a shot from um, Gaikwad. Uh, Williamson managed to save two runs by palming the shot down, um, which was headed for a six, back into play, but he fell awkwardly on his right leg and was immediately um, carried from the field. It didn't look pretty. All we can do is wish him well and hope it's not significant. Is that acceptable, Grant? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what you. you do as a commentator. Oh, right, thank you. Um, uh, Melbourne's early season slumber appears to be coming to an end. The Storm serving up a finals-like defensive display to help uh, down at South Sydney, uh, 18 points to 10. Uh, that came after the Panthers smashed the Raiders by 53 points to 12, thanks to a devastating second half in Canberra. How you doing, Raiders Nation, today? Uh, the New Zealand Warriors are in action tomorrow against the Cronulla Sharks with live commentary here on SENZ. Cronulla Sharks. Sharkies, where are they? They're in the eight. How are the Warriors going? Warriors are going great guns, aren't they, Ben Francis? Yeah, Ben. Three What's happening in four? Warriors' world? Apparently six on the ladder, you know, making the most of the soft draw to start the season. This is the year. Soft draw. Yeah. I gave you the facts, mate. I gave you the facts earlier in the show. Do you want me to repeat those facts? Fire away. Well, current numbers don't lie. You are who you are, according to the ladder. Uh, you've beaten the Knights, Cowboys, and Dogs, who are currently 12th, 13th, and 10th. No one of significance, Grant. Uh, the the one team in the like eight so that far. have played the Roosters. Two goals to nil. Uh, sorry, who are in second place. That, that, that's all right, Daniel, because uh, tonight I'm going to give I'm gonna give everyone my tip nice and early today. Uh, the, the Tigers are going to get their first win of the season tonight. Oh, who yeah, are they? they're playing who, the Broncos. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the Broncos, of course. How did I feel? Yeah, that's right. Do you know, do you know what Ben Francis's tip was? Because he, he took my little joke um, not particularly well. That the Dolphins will win a Super, uh, sorry, uh, NRL title before his beloved one New Zealand Warriors. Uh, that he tipped uh, my Brisbane Broncos, who were at the time top of the competition, four wins from four and looking imperious, looking magnificent. That they would win the wooden spoon, paying two hundred and fifty-one dollars. Wow! That, that was his sporting tip. You should run a mile from last week. I didn't. And know I that. hope everyone did run a mile from that and spat on it. <laughs> I didn't. And yeah. showed their backside in it because <laughs> it was nonsense. But of co- according to uh, Ben, the West Tigers are going to get up and beat uh, the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, mate. They there's no attack in the Tigers. The the gumless Tigers. It's like they've had all their teeth removed. I love the, the spats that you guys have about league. And, yeah, and I'm still a Warriors supporter, Ben Francis. I am still a Warriors supporter. I, That's why you're my favourite, um, Grant. Oh, sorry, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't look I'm, like it. You know what? The text you sent in. That text the, the, was not from me. Wo- if there's one word to describe the, the Warriors, it's just pleasing to me. For people like Ben and their, their fan base has had you know, some, up, some ups and downs and a few downs. Um, I'm delighted for the start because they they do look like a really good side, don't they? 
the way they've been in the fight, the way they're defending, uh, I'm loving the most. And lastly, as far as sporting headlines, five-time uh, winner Tiger Woods is set to compete in next week's Masters after he was included in the pre-tournament interview schedule. Every time you talk about the Masters, Graham, you've got to drop your voice. You've got to speak in hushed tones. I've read reverence. I've commentated this. golf, haven't I? Have on you? this, oh, I've, you made me commentate tennis. I'm pretty sure I've done golf, and you asked me to stop it. <laughs> Woods has made it clear that his competitive career is now limited to a handful of events every year. A legacy of the car crash from February 2021, which left the 15-time major champion fearing his right leg would have to be amputated. Ouch. Um, Woods played just nine. Nine rounds of top-level competition in 2022, finishing 47th in the Masters, withdrawing after a third round uh, of 79 in the USPGA Championship and then missing the cuts at the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews. Uh, there are your uh, sporting headlines. All right, Weekend Warriors people out there, we want to know from you on 0800-150-811-8833. What are your pre-game routines and post-game routines? Why are we asking this question? I was staggered to read this story, Grant Elliott, that uh, Jack Grealish, Manchester United star and English international, on £270,000 a week, apparently, apparently, allegedly, is, must be a... He's got, he's got wonderful calves, magnificent hair, he's a beautiful young man, not unlike yourself. He's got fashion sponsorships coming out the wazoo. He, he's well put together. Surely he's one of those people who, you know, eats soup for breakfast, lunch and dinner and just drinks lots of water. And green smoothies. Yes, but no. He um, revealed this week that he has a go-to meal after every single Manchester City outing. And he goes to a takeaway called Wings. Um, now, Grealish's apartment is just a stone's throw away from this Chinese restaurant, so clearly has a big love for it in the city centre. Now, he um, spends... £53.50 pence. That's a lot. On Chinese. Wow. So that's, what's that, about 100 New Zealand bucks? New Zealand pesos? Yeah, just double it. About 100 New Zealand dollar bucks? Something like that? And I quote, Yeah, I love Chinese, man. After every game, I get one. I go to Wings in Manchester. I usually get a takeaway. I have Singapore chow mein. I have egg fried rice. I have salt and pepper chips. What are they? Uh, I have salt and pepper prawns and then curry sauce. It's quite a lot of food, isn't it? Jeez, and then what just chucks it? No, but here's the kicker. I then mix it all in and have a big free-for-all. So like a massive bowl and he throws it all in. Well, that's a crime against food in of itself, isn't it? Well, the chef would be a little bit despondent, wouldn't he? He just throws it all in together and just has a free-for-all. This is a, I think it's common, though, with food. So, I mean, this is excessive, I think. This is excessive eating. But um, Are we going to diagnose him, too? No, no, we, no, we can't diagnose him. That's one of my pet hates, um, which is a lot. That's a lot, lot of food, and I'm, I'm guessing he doesn't eat the whole thing. He just sort of picks away at it. Um, I, I Do refused you think to someone could that. actually? Could someone actually eat that amount of food? No. I smell a grand elegant challenge here, Ben yeah. Francis, to you. Well, Ben Francis has got his hand up. Have, I'll, buy, I'll buy the $100 worth of Chinese and bring it in next Saturday, oh, see if you can really. eat the whole thing. There, there's this YouTube channel, and it's a guy called Bed Meets Food, and he's a, he's a competitive eater. Like He's competed in the hot dog contest and all that, and he goes around to different places all in America, UK, doing like the different food challenges where you've got to eat like a certain amount in a, an amount of time. 
and he's done a few of these different food challenges where uh, I think there was a UFC fighter, Paddy Pimlet. He had like a big Macca's order, and then he had a go at eating it himself. And he does things like that. But I have my hand up more, though, Daniel, because I wanted to come back to your comment about the mixing of the Chinese food. Because are you telling me, like, if you go get a Chinese takeaway, are you just having, you just order what you want and then you just eat it? You don't put it on the table and share it? Well, no, it's the way I interpreted, yeah, I do share it. But the way I interpreted that is he chucks it all in together. Mm. Like, he combines his chow mein with his fried rice his salt and pepper chips, his pepper prawns, and then dumps uh, curry sauce on the, the top, and, the same, and then eats it all at go. Yeah, I don't have an issue that's with that. That's the way I interpret it. You don't have an issue with well, that? No, that's how, that, to me, that's how you have Chinese food. If you have, like, Chinese food with, like, four different things or five different things, right. you you put a bit of everything in, like, your bowl or your plate or whatever, and you eat away. Well, I like I like to keep my food a bit like Grant's childhood. <laughs> you know, a divide. <laughs> Between my... <laughs> I, I, I want certain food over there, certain food over there. I don't want them touching too much. Yeah. I, I don't want to throw my chow mein and egg fried rice in together with salt and pepper chips. I don't even know what salt and pepper chips are. Is that just hot chips? I guess so. Yeah, but is, like, it, is it hot it, chips with Chinese food? But is it also, is it a um, is it a superstition? Because if he doesn't do that, he's not going to perform. Because, like, for me, it was superstition and pre-match uh, preparation or yeah, routine, routine superstition they can they one and yeah. the same so like i wouldn't eat duck refuse to eat duck wow what a weird superstition yeah you could have it's just i'll take anything but duck. no well like if duck was on the menu obviously i would love to have those hazelnut pancakes with duck in it but i was like i oh, don't know if i want to get a duck tomorrow because if i did i'd be like i knew i shouldn't have had that duck like, last night it, it just dawned upon and, me what sport you played and like yeah, liam pickin bulldogs midfielder he takes match day very seriously. He has a weekly routine before his games. No heavy lifting or housework. <laughs> Good luck getting well, away with that one. My routine, isn't yeah. that my, Isn't that right, love? No talk of footy in the house and no visitors in game day. He spends an excessive amount of time at the beach. And his wife, Annie, gets kicked out of bed the night before the game. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like Liam Pickin is living the dream. Right, no DIY. I can't do anything around the house. I don't want any visitors. Well, he's going to be rubbish on our mowers club in the next few weeks, isn't he? Yeah. It's all about getting the brownie points out there. You've got to do your chores. <laughs> all about staying in credit. So, um, to those listening, have you got pre-match or post-match routines that you that you will do more often than not? Must be. There's got to be some good yarns out there. We, we used to. And, say- and can anyone match Jack Grealish? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, for the Pirates Cricket Club, you weren't allowed to be home before midnight. That was a team team stipulation. Pre-match. And if someone was and they didn't get runs, they got fined for it because they didn't listen to their pre-match preparation. And then we had a guy in England, Barmy, who always used to have... We used to go to the Curry House just around the corner from um, uh, Weybridge Cricket Club, where Tom Bruce actually played as well. And uh, we'd go to the Curry House and he'd have butter, cha- butter chicken, no rice, naan bread, and uh, kingfisher. And that was it every time. Every single time. Yeah. When you exactly. Butter chicken, no rice. Yeah. Why no rice? I don't know. It was just his thing. Again, that's. Naan bread, and uh, he was a leg spinner. Yeah. Played at the club for years, 50 wickets a year. I think he was almost 50 when I played there. Uh, Shannon writes, uh, he's a carb burning. Five question marks. I, I don't know. Machine, he runs like five to seven Ks a game. That's nothing to him. Yeah, I'm not saying it's turning him um, into an unhealthy footballer, 
he's, as I say, very well put together, looks very fit, looks very sharp, so it sort of goes against convention, and it goes against, it's counterintuitive. Um, good on him. If that's a shtick, I just think it's, A, a disaster towards food. But I'm more interested in your story, Shannon. Uh, Shannon, do you have a, a pre-match or a post-match routine? So Mark Richardson, I read his book, Negatively Thinking, mm-hmm. was uh, titled, and he ran a... Oh, qu- someone read it. <laughs> uh, uh, he ran quite a, um, quite a rigorous routine, and another cricketer that Good did that, that as well uh, was uh, Mike Hussey. So the Huss, you know, it was the things like, you know, at 10 o'clock it was lights out and then, you know, in bed reading a book and then you wake up in the morning and it was, you know, muesli or whatever it was that they had and they went through this routine that they believed got them ready for the game and it just used to be like clockwork. The problem is, is that when you turn up and you're at a, you know, hotel in India and you don't have the specific muesli that you always eat. But I'm sure there are routines that fans have too. Before going to watch a big game, yeah, and it's not just about your own sport. I'm I don't want to go down another Ben Francis rabbit hole, but he's probably got some routines himself for watching his Warriors. Must be, yeah. Certain snacks that you're allowed to have and yeah. not allowed to have. Let's hear from you on oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven or double eight double three if you want to send us a text. We'd love to hear your sporting routines, uh, as far as um, playing and also watching sport. Thank you, Jack Grealish. Um, I look forward to watching your Manchester City side hopefully lose to Liverpool. Uh, huge weekend of English Premier League games. You've got that. Um, any other Liverpool fans out there? Go on. Let's have a roll call. Text in. Tell me your name. Where are you watching it? Uh, Everton fans. Yeah. I want to hear Everton fans. Oh, is there anyone out there that goes through the rigours of who's, who's watching willing, Everton? Who's willing to admit they are an Everton fan at Wait, the moment? Hey, uh, uh, James Marshall is in Auckland. He'll be listening. James? Big ups to you, Everton fan. Must be tough. It is tough. It is tough. I want to know who's out there and who is part of this Everton family. I'll put you on a list. I'll get your name and number, and I'll um, maybe we do a little trip to, to Wellington, watching a game, watching an Everton versus Liverpool game. That's the game we need to wake up for, Everton versus Liverpool. Last time we had the um, our bet which was if you lost, you wore an Everton shirt for the rest of the, the season. And if I lost, then I was going to wear a Liverpool shirt, which I'm happy to Unfortunately, do. it ended up a draw. We didn't, yeah. we didn't factor that in, and it kind of uh, fell flat on its face. Yeah, that's because the arrogance of you. You thought that you know, Liverpool were definitely going to win. Well, I had watched Everton play a lot this year. But no, it's a huge round of games in the English Premier League. Manchester... City versus Liverpool, 12.30 tomorrow morning. Bournemouth, Fulham, uh, Nottingham Forest, Wolves, huge relegation battle that. Um, Crystal Palace, Leicester City, huge relegation battle that. Uh, Arsenal potentially could go 11 points clear if they beat uh, Leeds United. Brighton, Brentford, two clubs gunning for European spots. Who would have thought that two or three years ago? Uh, Chelsea, Aston Villa, that's probably a ho-hum game. West Ham, Southampton, another relegation battle. You've got Newcastle, Man United fighting for top four. Um, and then Everton up against uh, Tottenham on Monday morning. Sorry, Tuesday morning to wrap that game. Um, as far as our other sporting topics, rugby rugby fans, here's a question for you. How do you judge Super Rugby so far in 2023? I'm interested to, to find out your reaction, or know your reaction, and feelings on it. Prior to the season, see, uh, 
the season. Tournament director Matt Barlow said when announcing the new law variations that they're bringing into the game, Grant, we want Super Rugby Pacific to be the most entertaining, innovative and fastest professional rugby competition in the world. We've listened to our fans and taken steps to reduce stoppages and video replays, increase flow and maintain the integrity of the competition and the safety of players in regards to yellow and red cards. It's a pretty lofty goal, isn't it? Mm. To be the most entertaining, innovative and fastest rugby competition in the world. Well, not everyone is pleased, especially, you know, you're an opinion writer. Mark Reason, of course. Yeah, he's normally he, he, got an opinion. He's got, got an opinion. Everyone's entitled to it. But this is a pretty scathing one. Super Rugby was a desolate sight at the weekend. The game wheezed to its inevitable conclusions. The crowd stayed away from what was arguably become the most boring competition in the history of rugby union. Jeez. The only thing missing was a clump of tumbleweed blowing across Eden Park as this once great comp began to issue its death rattle. That's pretty scathing. For one, most hilariously hyperbolic and cannot be proven the most boring competition in the history of rugby union. I'm sure there's some pretty dull club competitions out there, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean... But the, it's the, death rattle. But, but when I look at the competition this year, Grant, as an initial counterpoint, and this is really just to elicit some sort of feedback from the, the rugby-following public, if there is still such a thing in New Zealand, you, you would think there is not, having uh, you know, you know, heard what Mark Reason's got to think. So there's been 32 games in Super Rugby so far this year. 1,804 points have been scored. That's more than 56 points a game. Sounds like a lot. It sounds like a lot. So is that indicative of the game moving fast? Well, I want to watch a fast-moving game. I want to see yeah. tries. I mean, I guess like sixes in a cricket game. You know, that's the, the entertaining bit. I don't want to see scrummages and rucks. No. There have, there's been a lot of points scored, but has that to you, the fans, and this is my serious, sincere question, and please give me your feedback on 0800 or Texas on double eight double three. More points. Does it mean more entertainment? Is, is the product better? Is it on the improve, or is it still pretty underwhelming? Is it wheezing, like it? Is its death rattle can be heard, as Mark Reason has pointed out. Really interested to get um, other perspective for sporting fans, no, 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 and not necessarily died in the world rugby fans. Those who have a passing interest who dip in and out of sport here or there, and there's lots of fans like that. How do you judge when you have dipped into Super Rugby so far? in 2023. Love to get your thoughts on 0800 150 Back after this break, it's 19 away from 12. 24 minutes after 12 o'clock, taking your course for a very short window. We're approaching race number one in Awapuni in about five and a half minutes' time. We will take that. We'll also take um, the race at 12 minutes away from one from Avondale. G'day, Dean. Thanks for holding through the break. Uh, Dino. All good? Yeah, how are you? All right? Yeah, good. Yeah, we're good. We're well. Oh, yeah. We're well. We're delighted to be back together. Yeah. I think we, I think everyone's well, to be brutally honest. But on the, you're talking about the numbers at Super Rugby and the game and everything. I don't know. I think it's a sign of the times. Like I, I was actually going to go. I'm up in Auckland this weekend. I was going to go to the Highlanders game, bought my jersey and everything. But on the way home after work to bloody Omaha, the traffic was unbelievable. So it was just, I was never going to get there in time. So I give it a miss. But I don't. I think. I can't understand why we're playing these rules. Like, I love it. I think that's the way rugby has to go because there's a lot of points scored and it's good to watch. It's, enter- it's entertaining at the end of the day and that's the business that rugby is in and cricket is in and it's, as well as a sport, but it's entertainment. But 
I don't know why we're playing rules in a World Cup year that <laughs> we're not going to be yeah. playing at the World Cup. Like, the Northern Hemisphere would never do that. Like, they wouldn't be that stupid. Yeah, like, I, I know, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty sound, logical argument. Um, you've got these set of rules, interpretations being used in this competition alone, then you go back to the international game. But we can't avoid the fact that, uh, you know, Super Rugby or whatever iteration of franchise rugby we have in New Zealand is quite important longer term. So, and viewership is down. They need to get, um, you know, people watching it again. And, and, and I guess I'm, I'm more interested, Dean, in knowing what you, the fans, think of the product itself. Obviously, it's, um, you know, not good enough for you to battle through traffic. I'm not sure if anything's good enough to battle through all that traffic you had to suffer through. But when you dip in and out of the comp, is it a better product than a year ago? Are they on a the right path here? Or is this just on its way to the morgue like Mark Reason wrote? No, I, I disagree with Mark. I, I don't really read what Mark Reason has to say, but a lot of the times I kind of agree with him. But this time, I think, um, no, it's right. The product, the game's got to get better. It's got to get faster. And it's heading in the right direction. And I enjoy it. And I love going. Like, I go to all the games down in Dunedin. And I, as I say, it was yeah. just... I just run out of bloody time. I really wanted to go to Mount Smart Stadium. I'm disappointed with the way the Pacific teams are going, to be brutally honest. I thought the Highlanders would be really up against it, but now we've got our points differential back where it needs to be after two games against them. So we're looking pretty good as a, as a franchise to make the eight. That's all we've got to do. We'll be happy with that. And we're probably a team that no one really wants to play because if they get their, their, they've got 15 very, very good players. We just struggle to get that 23, which you need now, or 33 or whatever. You know what I mean? That's like, fair. As, as starting I think 15, that's with McCarley too, that kid could go to the World Cup. Oh, he's an outstanding number eight. He just broke ribs against the Blues. And I thought, God, Clark, what are you putting him in against Pacifica for his first game back? That's The, the ribs must be fine. But you've seen him step off both feet. Like he, He's a very, very talented kid. And his sister's not bad either. So, no, I love the product. Oh, I think it's, it's going in the right direction. We, we, we'll struggle to keep players, obviously, just because of the, the money that Europe can offer and whatnot in Japan and America and that. But our kids are still damn good. Like our secondary schools and that, they still do very well. So I think we've just got to manage it as best we can and enjoy it. I'd like to see them sell the MPC to the, to the world and flag Super Rugby personally so we can get the kids watching the All Blacks plan at home. Well, I was lucky. Like I'm 50 odd, so I got to see Brian McKechnie, Stephen Bakiri, just to name two, Lester Rutledge. You know, great South. <laughs> well, great names. What great names. What great names, Dean. Great names. Hey, thank, thanks. We've got to fly, mate. We're heading off to race very shortly. But really, uh, nice to have you on the on thanks, the show. Dino. We'll open the lines again next Saturday, as always, and, and lots of shows during the week. Dino, appreciate your thoughts. Yeah, sincere question. Um, Early under these rules, uh, what, what say you? 56 points per game. Sounds good, doesn't it, Just as, mm. as far as the number? But if that actually means it's um, compelling sport, only you, the fans, can tell us on double eight, double three. One thing I have observed, though, there does seem quite a few lopsided games. What do I mean by that? A couple of converted tries or more. Mm. So 14 points or more, the end result. About 40, 43% of games have been that. So well, maybe it could be a little bit tighter as, as the um, evenness of the competition Top to bottom there, but I think that's been an ongoing concern for, for Super Rugby for a long time. Yeah, but I mean, you're looking at the points and you're looking at the games and the teams, but you said it earlier, you said, Grant, it's all about the fans. What you need there is how many fans, on average, 
are going to watch these games or watching at home. We don't watching at home. We simply and don't. Those are the we don't. those are the compelling numbers. Those are the only numbers that count. Yeah, we, we don't get told viewership numbers, but um, as I said during the uh, Scott Robertson uh, All Black announcement, All Blacks coach announcement, I did found it very interesting. Me, Mark Robinson. I, I don't know if he'd said it prior, but said viewership had been down. Mm. That's the first I can really um, recall hearing that. All right, we've got lots to get through. We'll catch up with Clado. Workhorse of the week. We've got a couple of races to go to, including uh, at Awapuni. Um, meet number four, race number one. We will be back. Um, we'll take a break straight on the back of this race, and then we'll be joined by Clado before uh, Grant and I dish out our weekly, uh, weekly sporting gongs. But we can head to Awapuni. It is uh, race number four, meet number... Uh, sorry, race number one, meet number four. I'm hopeless at this. Favourite time of the week, isn't it? Very excited. Very excited. Here he Clay is. Clay Doe. The good oil. The good oil, Clay Doe. Good to see you. Good to see you guys too. Hey, the, oh. the great man in the studio last week uh, left his winning vibes in the studio. Pretty much anniversary of you. that one ball you had, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it actually was. No, it was a day out. Day out. A day out, out. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is a real shame because... Ben and I would have absolutely loved to have spoken about that ad nauseum. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Jav Day, they call it. Jav Day. Exactly. So did you win some money last week, Clayda? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. We got a bit of a collect. We had a few clicks during the week, during the day, so a bit surprising, but I think we're dialed in again for today. That's the main thing. In fairness, a couple of weeks ago, you started talking yourselves up. You, know, you, you were reflective. Um, oh. you, you accepted that you may have been a little bit out of form in previous months, but good times were ahead. Yeah, Clado, I want to ask you. I mean, how do you get that balance of humility and confidence? <laughs> is there a balance? You, you know, you're balance? running the good oil. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think there has to be. You got to have a bit of like it's like the jockeys when they come through. They're little shy, quiet little things, and they start riding a few winners, and they're the big I am. But uh, it's a confident boosting game. You know, when you're on top, you're on top. When things are going right, they go right. And when you can't take a trick, as you know, you cannot buy a trick. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like a test run for you, Grant. Uh, yeah, 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 pretty similar. <laughs> like yeah. test run. Give up the ghost. <laughs> just, give, just give it. <laughs> Plato, who you got with you today? What's on the agenda as far as racing as well? Uh, we've sent Louis down to Christchurch. We kept him down there, and he's in the studio down in Christchurch, and we brought back Steve McKee, who won our Group 1 race a couple of times, or well, once as a trainer on his own, uh, with O'Marillon, and Dad owned and trained the winner Moonshine many years before that. Brilliant. Yeah. It's a strong lineup. Yeah, but hang on, though. Plato, Steve McKee's been on a couple of times. What's his success rate like for the good oil? That's what I want to find oh, out. Well, compared to Greg O'Connor, who was 100%, uh, Sticko's probably running oh, about, not, let's say, 75%. Oh, oh that's I like not good. that. No, that's, no, that's a very good outright that's lie. Right. It's outright lie. He's bigger than me. He'll probably give me a hiding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Look, we get a few. You miss a few, you get a few, but. We're feeling good today. Group 1 racing down there at Awapuni. And, um, yeah, a nice little support card at Avondale. Brilliant so, stuff. Have a great day. Have a great day, Clado. Look forward to listening, mate. Good yeah, to see guys. you. Go well, Clado. Great to see the Rat Pack back at... <laughs> at the Rat Pack. That's very good. Which one am I? Oh, I bags Dean Martin. Dean Martin. He always looked like he had the best time. Are we the Dad's Army? Isn't that what you used to call me? That's what I used to call your cricket team. And then we won it. When you are really old and winning. You it said that compliment. it was a positive compliment. It was. Whatever. It was. Well, what about the, the people of 2023 want every New Zealand cricketer over the age of 30 dropped? Yeah, I know. Apparently, you, apparently medical 
you know, science has not evolved and uh, athletes can now perform deep into their 30s like Roger Federer and Nadal. and 40s. Exactly. 30s, the new... 20. I was going to say 35, but then I would have... I think I had that round the wrong way. Yeah. All right, let's get to my leg of our double, which is we dish out our sporting awards, the Midas Agritize Workhorse of the Week. Athletes who have uh, performed um, mightily impressively uh, win the, our overall award. Um, Midas Agritize, the choice of leading manufacturers. Uh, I do have a non-nomination. Ben Francis, do you have it, do you have it ready to play? Namaste, please, please. India. I've got some exciting news for you. I'm joining IPL 2023. Yes, that's right. I'm joining an exceptional and passionate team in India. <laughs> Who was that? Steve Smith. Who are you joining for a start? He didn't even mention his team. No, I think he did. Gujarat Titans. Did he? Yeah. But I don't even think maybe... He know, did it in that video. He said a passionate team. Yeah, so he stuffed up. He didn't even mention which team. And the way he delivers it. Eyes popping out of his head. I actually thought it was an AI. <laughs> I thought it was an AI version. Or he just had Botox. No, Steve, yeah, Steve Smith, you are, you are my non-nomination. Was he mansplaining as well? He was speaking really slowly. <laughs> and just... It was pretty bad. But my we'll get Grant's on the other side of the break. My, my Midas Agritize, a workhorse of the week. Uh, it's really a sign of things to come, me honouring what's to come. The Major League Baseball season started tomorrow. Uh, yesterday, rather. Grant, I'm in my happy place now. 162 regular season games. About five every week, Grant. Five in every seven days. Wow. So to the grind, to the dog days of summer ahead in the United States, I, I tip my cap and give my workhorse of the week to Major League Baseball. Um, a lot of days so in the dirt. A lot of days in the dirt. A lot of days uh, watching the Toronto Blue Jays break my heart again. Uh, keep your messages rolling into double eight double three. Um if you've got a workhorse of the week, feel free. Midas, agritize European quality, made affordable. Ben writes on double eight double three. Grant, Daniel is right. End of story, comma, Ben, full stop. It might be from Ben Francis, but we, we'll never know because it's now deleted. Definitely. And Shannon, Shannon writes with her um, pre-match routine, I used to always have an Anderson's pie before the game of rugby and a Powerade. What colour Powerade, though? It's important. The blue Powerade was normally after a dusty evening. But a pie, a pie and a Powerade, that's great. That's, that's fantastic. Keep your uh, sporting routines before and after games uh, coming through. Thanks to Jack Relish and his um, you know, 100 New Zealand pesos worth of Chinese food after a game. Back after this, we'll head to uh, Avondale for race number two up there. There we have it from Avondale. One beats seven beats five. Uh, good luck on the punt this afternoon, everyone. And Clado and team who will be with us in about well, eight minutes because we've got about three, four minutes to power through. Right. Midas Agritize, workhorse of the week. Grant Elliott, you'll probably be really nice and only give a major award. You're not cruel like I am. No, I'll give a non-nomination. You do? If you, if you want to try and poke okay. me like that. Yeah, Say that I'm, I'm a fence sitter. Yeah, so your non-nomination for our Midas Agritize workhorse of the week, made in Europe and trusted by leading manufacturers worldwide. Firstly, non-nomination is going to be Sri Lankan cricket. Um, the, the, their team, they've been... They were going to go... After the first test, they were good. If they won both tests, they were going to World Test Championship final. They're going to be the you know in the final of the World Test Championship, and uh, they got they lost. Uh, it was an exciting test. I'll give them that. The first test, the second test, awful in Wellington. They were they uh, they struggled, and they've struggled ever since. You know, the first one day about getting bowled out for seventy eight, and then well, they've nearly got two fifty in the in the series. Yeah, combined, 
That's a yeah. pretty good shout, Grant. Who's your workhorse? I'm going to be week? positive and go for workhorse of the week. Um, when New Zealand played England, this isn't the week, but uh, he got four for 100 and two for 75. Then he played Sri Lanka. He got 72 with a bat. He got four for 83 for 71. Followed that up with three for 44 and one for 59. And then he got three for 14 yesterday. Off 10 overs. And I would, and it was the first time ever that someone has had more than 54 dot balls or something like that. Don't know what, I think he had 54 dot balls. Bold. Nine overs of dot balls. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, it was a, a record, New Zealand record. And the reason why Matt Henry is my workhorse of the week is because he's come off the bench because he's never really played. He's never had a permanent fixture in the team. Now he has, and now we can actually see what he's capable of. Oh. So it's amazing when you give players the opportunity. They've been sitting on the bench and the confidence, what they're capable of. Amazing how you're defending your patch on this argument. Great work. <laughs> Midas Agritires, Workers of the Week, European quality. Doesn't have to break the bank. Ask for Midas Agritires for your work equipment. Big shout out to Tim who writes, he would wear his Everton shorts under his jeans to the game as far as his pre-match routines. Excellent stuff, Tim. You can join um, Grant's uh, Everton Supporters Club. It's just you and Grant. Uh, so Tim, Grant is desperately in need of other Everton fans to join his supporters club here on the Saturday session. So what I'm going to do now, Tim... And for all those evident fans that are too scared to admit that you're evident fans, I've got your phone number, Tim. I'm going to put us in a WhatsApp group, and we're going to have a little Everton WhatsApp group. So load up WhatsApp, because you'll be getting a message. We're going to get a lot of Everton fans together at some stage. And uh, we're going to have a little tour group, especially when we're playing Liverpool. And we'll invite Daniel McCarty. And I won't turn up. Good luck having Grant Elliott uh, stalk you, Tim, um, it sounds like. Stealing his number off our text machine. Well, I, just, All right, our sporting I, I don't know how legal that is. We need to find yeah, out how legal weird. that is. It's a bit weird, mate. Um, <clears throat> our sporting tips you should probably run a mile from. I'm going an emotional hedge because I'm an emotional wreck. It's a massive game for Liverpool. I'm going Man City to win $1.62. That is an emotional hedge. Take that for what you will. Uh, but I have uh, told you the average points scored in a Super Rugby game so far this season, over 56 points. Over 56. So when the Blues and Chiefs meet in the marquee matchup later tonight, surely there's going to be more than 50.5 points, which is paying $1.85. There you go, dollar eighty-five. Bit of a boring bet, you might ask. As far as return, I'm going safe as houses. And he's running hot. He's running hot at the moment, Daniel McCarty. So I've gone for my usual multi. Oh, here we go. Well, it's a, that in the winter it's multi. Quickly, we've got one minute. Okay, so I've got the Rebels to beat the Drua. I've got the Chiefs to beat the Blues. I've got the Brumbies to beat the Waratahs, and I've got the Canes to beat the Force, which gives you about five dollars and something. Rebels to beat the Drua. Yeah. It is an interesting. As long as there's not sweat on the ball, isn't that what you Oh, yeah, true. Saying? Yeah, we don't want sweat on the balls. Now, do we? Um, when you play in Fiji. Right, Ben Francis, King of the Castle. Yes. Have you got a tip for us? Yeah, I told you before, the Tigers are going to get their first one of the season oh, tonight. You're being serious? Oh, of course I am. didn't think you were being serious. Okay, so Titans to beat. <laughs> I'm a, Grant, I'm a serious person. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can tell. You are. And Rister, get out while you got a chance. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Get out while you got a chance. Uh, thanks so much to everyone who's played a part in the program. Ben Francis, Grant Elliott, all our callers, texters. Have a great week, everyone. Ta-da. Bye-bye. See ya. Have a great weekend. Awesome to have you on the show. See ya. Come on, the Broncos. <laughs>